the blast from our past network. Hey, this is John Philbin from Return of the Living Dead, Children of the Corn, and the New Kids, and you're listening to Podcasting After Dark. Supernatural, Halloween, exploitation, slashers, and everything in between. Welcome to the Podcasting After Dark Watch List, the show where a guest chooses a topic and the hosts, along with the guest, discuss their top five favorites. Light a candle, hide your Ouija board, and enjoy the Podcasting After Dark Watch List. Welcome to another Podcasting After Dark Watch List. I'm one half of the pad team, Zach, and today is a really special day because uh, it's not just me on the watch list today. It is Sleazy C himself. Corey, what's up, dude? Hey, hey, hey. this is our first uh, co-hosted pad watch list. I'm excited. So am I. So am I. And, and uh, I'm equally excited for our guest on today's watch list because He's a returning, he's a returning champion. Um, Our first and, returning champion. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we had him back, for, we had him on originally for our Italian horror film watch, uh, top five watch list. And he's back again, folks. Uh, David Irons, welcome back to the watch list and welcome back to the pad team. I'm a champion. I am you a champion. Are- Finally, I'm the champion of something, and that feels very good. <laughs> you are you are a champion among champions, my friend. I, yes, I def- you- most definitely, most definitely. So uh, a little backstory, uh, David and I recorded our last watch list, and we had a great time doing it. And Corey's like, I really want to get in on that. I could feel the energy. I could feel the vibe. You guys were having such a great time. I said, well, I'll tell you what. If we ever do it again, we'll bring you in. And then David pitched this idea to me, and I was like, dude, let's roll with it. And I thought, what? better of a topic to bring Sleazy C in on than the one we're going to do today. And today's topic is going to be top five straight-to-video films of the 80s and 90s. Uh, A.K.A. the hardest list ever to figure out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So so, uh, for all of us, like all three of us had our own particular problems with this one. Very much so. Truly. Yeah, yeah. This might actually be harder for David than it might be for you and I, Corey, because here in in uh, the United States, back in the 80s and 90s, when something went, that's when straight to video meant like purgatory for most movies. If you went straight to video you were considered crap. Uh, However, there was a lot of diamonds in the rough. And just for our parameters, um, we're we're considering films that might have had a small theatrical run in the States, just played in a handful of theaters just to get exposure, but were mostly known for their video release. Uh, But then David, off air, was kind of going into a little bit of his backstory of like why this is more challenging david do you want to talk about why this yeah yeah completely this is this is the thing um like over here um i didn't i think the first kind of horror film i saw in the theater uh like the kind of stuff that we talk about was tales from the crypt demon night and before that for probably about five years everything uh what you got as theatrical just went straight to video over here so jason takes manhattan halloween five halloween six um phantasm 2 which you got a theatrical come to video straight over here um even even stuff like sleepaway camp 
just come straight to video. So like, most of it was just straight to video. And you had a few exceptions, like you had Fright Night, which was theatrical, and then Fright Night 2 went straight to video. So when I was making this list, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, like Halloween 5 was pretty good for a straight-to-video film. It's like, oh, yeah, but it wasn't, was it? And you think, oh, well, you know, <laughs> do you know what? Like, Jason Takes Manhattan was pretty good for a straight-to-video. Oh, no, it wasn't, was it? And it just yeah. kind of went on. And I just had to do so much research because my whole way of thinking about what straight-to-video was was just turned upside down by, like, the perimeters of what we're doing with this. And the movies I thought were straight to video actually had a theatrical release. And I'm like, you put this garbage out in the theater? Really? <laughs> I, I think your list needs to go like, it should be like the straight to hell list. Yeah. And the, way, the way you spoke about this, it's just like, yeah, yeah, this has this been the hardest well, thing ever. Well, well the thing is, the, the movies that I pick, I like. I just don't quite know if they actually went straight to video or if like, <laughs> they dipped their toe into like the, a theatrical release. I just, so I'm fully expecting, you know, Zach to be like, yo, man. Man, that's a that's a cool good movie good pick um that came out in the theaters bro so that's negated <laughs> i'm just I'm, waiting I'm expecting for that. the same i'm expecting the same there's a couple on here and i'm like i really think this is direct to video and like what you were saying about the box office thing you look and it's like well it hasn't got a box office thing on like this page we go to this page and it kind of says it has but yeah is that a real box office or is that just a, uh from the like the, the video store box office like what's the what is the box office on this i have no idea well, I think, too, part of it was what I was doing the same thing. I'm like, oh, man, really? That played in the theater? That's shocking. I wish I would have seen it in the theater. And I thought, OK, no, we, we, this has got to be that's why we have the little asterisk next to it. It'll be, you know, movies that dominated were mostly known for being straight to video. However, might have had a small theatrical release in a town in outside of West Texas or something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. um, or a festival release or something like that. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's, I, I think for the most part, if, if, and for everyone listening, if we do hit a movie that we're like, Oh, that was a great straight to VOD release. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Did you play in four theaters? <laughs> like, wait, hold on a second. Yeah, all... cut, cut us some slack and try to make your own list, but using the the internet as a as a tool, you would think that there would have been like a master Wikipedia page saying these are all the straight to video releases in the U. And there isn't, guys. There is spoiler alert. There is not. So <laughs> good luck, and we'll see you on the other side. So, so when <laughs> to quote to quote uh, one of my favorite lines from Trading Places. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> But I might just cry to me and bruise on the inside. <laughs> I will say, too, uh, um, that, that you know, going down this list, when Corey, you said to me, you're like, what, what, what parameters and like what website did you use to source your stuff? And I just said, bro, think Vidmark, Trimark, oh, Full Moon, best. Lightning Video, yeah. Empire Pictures. Uh, those to me are the are the names of production companies uh, that stood out. I, I, when you see the spine, that line logo, that Primark line logo, when you saw that Trimark line logo, when you saw that, you was like, okay, this is going to be pretty good. That's yeah. how I felt always when I saw that thing. Like, oh, okay, this 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 might this one might have some hope to it. Like, fingers <laughs> yeah. crossed. Continue. Let's just see what happens. And side note, when you try to research lightning video, you just get a bunch of videos of lightning, and that's all you get. <laughs> So I, after like two times trying to change my search parameters, I'm like, I'm just dropping lightning video. I'm not even bothering. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> this, this is the thing, though. I try and collect as much. Like, I've, I mean, I've still got um, like VHS tapes. I've still got a collection of VHS tapes. Uh, not as many as I used to have. I mean, there was a point in time um, 
I think I had about 6,000 tapes or I just kept going out and buying yeah. more and more and more of them. Yeah. And even now I've, I've got a collection of probably a few hundred, like the special ones. And I've still got like eight VHS players. I've got two downstairs and then like oh. the rest of them are just stored away just in case anything dies ever. And, and like I said, my girlfriend, she always says like, why do you collect all this crap? Why? Like just get, you've got the Blu-ray, but why do you want the VHS? And this mm. just all those extra things. Like there's, when you pop in a VHS now and you just watch it and you have the trailers first and and, and just the, everything that goes before it, there's there's a lot of nostalgia to it, but it really takes you back to that time of, of we're going to watch a film. It was a special thing. It wasn't just like a Netflix or an Amazon. You just click on it and you just watch yeah. something like arbitrarily. It was just like, all right, let's watch the trailers. Maybe there's something good. We can find that later on. There was like this element of searching for, for things and finding things. And, 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 I, and I miss that. I miss that with VHS, definitely. I was going to say that uh, uh, some of our younger listeners may not appreciate the fact that, you know, nowadays on a DVD or a Blu-ray, they've got the trailers and you just press the skip button next, 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 because yeah. it's all shit that you don't even really want to bother with. But back in the day, yeah, we the, the, the trailers were equally as valuable to the VHS release because you're like, oh, what's coming out? Because we didn't know. Yeah. We you didn't, didn't have a we didn't have release no. date. No. Yeah. There was no, there was no, um, you know, DVD, uh, Instagram site that tells you like, you know, that, that dawn of the discs to tell you what was coming up, uh, in, in the, in the releases. All you had was the kiosk at the video store would tell you upcoming movies, but they always hit the big ones. They didn't tell you about the ones that we're going to be talking about today, the lesser known titles. Um, you know, I think about like full moon entertainment had those great video zone packages at the end of the VHS tape. And it was like, watch this 75 minute movie to get to this great 45 minutes of content at the end, uh, which is sometimes almost longer than the movie itself. But, that's so uh, good. you know, that's the stuff that those are the gems right there. Or, yeah, the, the hidden trailer at the end of a, you know, I was watching um, Against All Odds when I was a kid, which is probably inappropriate for a kid who's seven years old. Uh, but then I finished the, the <laughs> tape and it's a trailer for Fright Night. And I'm like, what is? Oh, cool. Fright Night. Awesome. You know. So well, anyway. who, here re- who here remembers uh, VHS tapes that just had trailers? Like they actually rented those at, at the video yeah, store. There did. was a, yeah. a VHS tape with just trailers. But like oh. uh, segueing into uh, <laughs> the the internet, nothing has ever excited me more on the internet since the, the day that I found out you could watch any trailer on Apple trailers. And when the new ones, you know, came out and this was like yeah. early 2000s, yeah. I was like, oh my God, I can rewatch like the Watchmen trailer over and over again or something like it was a, <laughs> Big deal, like when you could actually just have trailers at your fingertips. And before that, man, it was yeah. I and I love trailers. I love the art form of the trailer. I don't like trailers from about three or four years ago when they really started putting just everything in it. But oh, I like so yeah. bad. I know. Those, those and trailers and, was. And you just get that bass drop as well. But... And, and the, the worst, the worst offender was was uh, Terminator Genesis that showed you that uh, <laughs> that the guy who played John Connor's the bad guy, and I'm like, are you that serious? That was so stupid. Wow. Yeah, yeah, completely. But then yeah. there was something to be said about you could like like we said at fast forwarding, you didn't you couldn't skip the trailers, but you could fast forward through them. And yes. I can remember so many times when we because we, we used to have a video shop, and the guy in there, um, basically our mums went in there and said, right, okay, they can rent any film they want, but no boobs. And he was like, okay, fine. And so it was just like certain horror films, like we couldn't have Return of the Living Dead, like, you know, you're not having like, those boobs in it. Oh, okay. But then if you'd get something with the trailers in it, you'd be fast forwarding through them. 
and I can remember this happening so many times when you're all just sitting there fast forward and it was like, oh, 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 wait, go back. That looked like nipples in that trailer. Go back, go back, go back. <laughs> and then we, you'd find, you just end up finding all these like really random things. Like, oh yeah, oh, what's, what's this? Oh, look, someone looks like someone's head just got crushed in that. Rewind, rewind, rewind. And you just end up watching trailers to things and finding other things, even that. You, you, you were forced in a way, even fast forwarding to see these things. Right, yeah, oh, yeah. You, couldn't, you couldn't take your eyes off it. Even if you fast forwarded it, you still had to see it. Yeah, completely. And I think you're right about the art form of the trailer. I mean, I mean, I think the best trailer. I mean, you ruined it. It's ru the surprise is ruined anyway. Like, like from when you used to watch things on tape or in theaters, because you just yeah. you'd be like a um, a prisoner to what you see on. You couldn't you couldn't choose anything that you see, and you're just sitting there and you're watching this thing like a captive audience. And so you just see like a real like trailer after trailer, and you didn't know what that thing was until the end of the trailer when you saw the title of the film. And now you go on YouTube, it's like the first thing you see is the title of the film. Yeah. Okay, so it's, this is what it is. And, and you think about like, the trailers for like, um, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. When you see, oh, yeah. you've seen that, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you see, you see the trailer for that and it's just like a guy standing there looking out over New York and That's there's a lot of saxophone music. Yeah, yeah. And then, then, then <laughs> it zooms and he turns around and it's Jason. You're like, oh my God, it's Friday the 13th. And but it was like that element of shock with the trailer to get you interested is gone because you know immediately what you're watching. It's, 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 that, that's, it's true. That art form of trailers is kind of dead, sadly. Well, you know, when we, when we pull trailers, obviously, for our, for our show, uh, and, and the, one of the beautiful things about it is you can, listen, you can listen to the trailer without having to see the visuals because the narration is so damn good oh, God, in those yeah, 80s and it. 90s movies, right? Yeah. And then it, that, that just ended. Uh, nowadays, when I'm, if I'm doing a watch list or Corey is and we're finding, like, movies that are current, we just end up pulling, like, an audio clip from, you know, something random just to connect them mm. because there's no you know, actual coming, you know, in, in a world or whatever that what the yeah. trailer voice was. Yeah. But um, it was, but it was I, Don, Don, Don Fontaine was the guy that did the voice. He was oh, the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, right. was, he was the one. That my, did all agent, the my agent used to represent him, actually. So uh, no why? Yeah, that's a really cool connection. But um, but getting back to the topic, you chose this topic, David. You were the one. I who, did. You, and, and why did you choose this topic? Uh, to make your lives a living hell. Um, apart from that. <laughs> um, no, it was uh, just because it's something near and dear to my heart. Um, I really don't watch that many like modern movies. It's only on recommendation when someone says, oh, yeah, you really need to see this. And like it's, it's like begrudgingly someone has to drag me in front of a screen and chain me to a chair and say, no, you stupid bastard, watch it. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I should have watched that all along, shouldn't I? Um, it follows. That was one of them that I really loved, and oh, recently, really? and the autopsy of Jane Doe. Have you seen that? Have you oh seen man, that that's been on my queue for a long that's time. I'm kind of, good I'm one. kind of like too scared. I'm a little too scared to watch it, but at the same time, I really, really want to see it. It's definitely worth watching. It's definitely got the '80s vibe done right. It's not okay. in your face with it, but it's got. It's, it's just a very tight, well-made film. Okay. Um, okay. Ooh. But apart from that, I just watch old older films, and it was, I mean, we're from that generation, you know, like when, yeah. like the VHS generation, when you could literally take a film home because before that, what was it? It was like you could have the novelization and read the film if you wanted it, but you couldn't watch it. And then in the eighties, well, when you grow up, it was like, oh, you can have the film, you can own the yeah. film. And so I just started collecting. I mean, I've still got tapes from the eighties, from when I was a kid, you know, like I, I've I've kept them and. And like when I've made films and things in, in the past, and there's like uh, people who are younger than me, I've had in the cast, and they've come to my house, 
And they're just like, oh, my God, where did you get all these VHS tapes from? And it's just like, well, the 80s, I was there. <laughs> and then it's just, just yeah. during that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was alive then. And um, it's just that, but it's just when I think, when I think of films, I think VHS, I, I, I think of that. It was, it was I, I, you know, like if someone was 10 years older than me, they'd probably think the drive-in. But because yeah. that was my point in time of growing up, it was all about going to the video store. And yeah. l- luckily, at one point in time, I think you guys did as well. I, I worked in a video store too. Yep. Oh, yeah, both um, of us did, yep. Yeah, so it was a bit, it was, it's very, I don't know what it's like there with this kind of stuff, but here, because our highest ratings on videos is 18. By law, you have to be 18 to rent, uh, uh, to, to work in a video shop. And so, uh, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, but what I did, see, uh, forward thinking, um, back in the day, I got my birth certificate because I was born in 1979. I did two photocopies of it. <laughs> kind of cut the, the nine out on the end of the 1979 <laughs> and turned it upside down and pressed nice. it. Change 1976, I'm 18. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. It was done. And I was working in a video shop at 15. Like, this is great. This is great. Oh, so, um, that is the best it. job I ever. I still think it's the best job ever. <laughs> it is the best job ever. And Next to podcaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will say, I will say if uh, like a, a dream of mine, very well could become become a reality someday is uh you know having that video store like in in santa monica we used to have a store here called vidiots um that is now in silver lake and they had it was a video store functioning video store with a screening room in the back and they would show movies and then they have the actors from the movies come and just before they were starting to kind of blow up here in santa monica they shut down so uh oh man the reopening in silver lake when you know covid gets better and uh things change but that, that's you know the podcast video store screening space uh for you know all things radical is the dream in la i i really think that's the way to do it i think using the store as a gimmick is the way yep. to do it so it's like a theater and we're going to show you a film and you can buy tickets and you can meet people and right. the way through like quote unquote the gift shop is a video shop yes you sell films yeah i think that's totally the way to do it, it, it as a business model i really think that'd work it's gonna happen yeah now i i would love to like we could almost even do a watch list of, of three of us talking about <laughs> the weirdest like promotional like vhs thing we you've ever seen but i i do remember when i worked at the video store we had a Predator two-pack. It was Predator one made as a two-pack, and the second VHS was not behind the scenes. It wasn't like the second half of the movie. It was a built like box to, for the size of two, just for Predator one, just for two copies of Predator one, in case one of your copies gets like lost or destroyed. <laughs> wow, you have really? a backup. And I'm like, it is the weirdest piece of like marketing that I've ever seen. And uh, I, my only regret is that I didn't take that, take it home. I think it just that's, got. That's- lost when the uh, video store got defunct you know oh, so bizarre man. isn't it predator the backup edition the, the, yeah, with, the, the, the backup in case this one died <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like you said the promotional stuff this this store that i worked in basically we i knew it as a kid because um my sister took me there with her boyfriend like um back in the 80s and it was it was just known. It was called Video Terrific, and it was known as selling bootleg tapes out the back door. Wow. And we went there, and it, like her boyfriend was like, "What film do you want to see? What film do you want to see?" And I was like, "Ghostbusters, get Ghostbusters." And he's like, "Okay, okay." And so he goes in there, he's like, "Oh yeah, we want this and this." And I'm like, "Okay." And he says, "Come with us around the back." And so we walked. I'm like, "What are you doing?" 
and we went around the back and they were like, there you go, Electric Dreams and Ghostbusters. And I was oh. like, oh my God. Yeah, so they're just duping them and throwing them out the back door. And then I was like, oh, I need to go and work. I, I just needed to get in there to work at this place. So this is the one I went back to with the fake, with the fake <laughs> ID to go, yeah, I'm 18. And that place, it was, you could, it was just a sleazy place, but it, it was a cool sleazy place. And like you said about the promotional stuff, uh, on the last day, well, I didn't even know it was going to be the last day. I'm just sitting in there, and there was like this. There was another girl that worked there. It was like two of us just sitting around serving videos, and um, all of a sudden she gets a phone call, and uh, you can see her face just drops. I'm thinking, what the hell's going on? And she turns around and says, um, "Oh, I was the boss. Um, yeah, this place is, he's gone bankrupt. This place has just gone into liquidation, and we've just we've got to leave. We've just got to leave." And, I, and she goes, "Yeah," and she goes, "We just got to put the lock up and put the keys through the letterbox, and that's it. It's done." And I was looking at her and I was like, have you been paid for this month? And she was like, no. And I was like, okay. So they just want us to leave then, yeah? She's like, yeah. I was like, right, I think we need to take our wages with us. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, what do you mean take that? I said, well, anything you can carry, we just take with us now. And it it was the best. And so I just took, it was just like the Super Nintendo games, just like grabbing the tapes, grabbing everything. And when I was out the back, because it was just like, right, just go for it anything's yours now just take it before the liquidator's gone yeah. and so we went out the back and there was uh like this little build like a little uh, shelter building inside the building it had stuff on top of it and i climbed up there i was just like what, what else is in there i want everything so i climbed up there to have a look and i found all the promotional material for like the vhs release of little shop of horrors they had like a big polystyrene oh, audrey cool. 2 plant and oh. they had the like the cardboard you know like the fright night poster they had like yeah. the, the cardboard yeah. standee of that like a 3d fright night house nice. and i was just like oh my god i didn't know this was here and i'm never going to see it again and i have to take it and this is no word of a lie you know you know at the end of labyrinth there's like the old woman walking around the junk pile with that stuff on her back yeah i literally loaded up all this stuff on my back and i had to walk <laughs> home like six miles with like about 15 standees on my back like it hurts but it's worth it it's so <laughs> worth like, it fuck it it's worth it i uh when i when i told everyone i was gonna do it i said if i when i was working at diamond comic distributors uh in in uh, timonium maryland as a customer service rep we had a giant stand-up of a Django Fett from Attack of the Clones. And I'm like, any day, whenever I leave, even if I'm in another part of the building, I'm grabbing this. And word came down, I, I left. I mean, I put in my two weeks. It wasn't like a big deal or whatever. And I walked right into the customer service area, waved at everybody, grabbed Django Fett. No one said nothing. Walked right. I was like, I'm keeping my word, guys. <laughs> I've been telling you for a year, this is coming. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't. I, I'm, I'm afraid to talk about what i took from my video story well i think the statute of limitations is over but uh uh maybe we'll save that i'll save that for another podcast of like nefarious things i've done at a video while working at video man and our records uh, yeah you could do a whole podcast of three of us just talking about like our video store uh time but, but if we don't jump into this watch list zach we're never gonna be done by no, it's true it's true yeah yeah completely i was gonna say too yeah i think video dreams uh could be an offshoot podcast Podcast that the three of us could do together. That's I'm just putting it out there. But that's uh, very good. I like that idea. I like that that's one too. I like that one too. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Always thinking. Um, <laughs> right. But hey, let's let's jump into this list. And so again, I'll just reiterate for parameter reasons. Um, 
one if our if one or two of our movies fall within the small theatrical release, it's not a big deal. These are more movies that had had more prominence on the video shelves, yeah. and mm. so this will hopefully transport everybody back to the '80s, early '90s, and remind them of some of the good or bad movies. Uh, I have a couple honorable mentions that are more on the sleazy, terrible side, and we could get into those. I don't know if I know Corey. You have a couple. I, I have. I have one. Very bad honorable mention that I want to talk about. Do you want to do those like, like? Do you want to do them at the end or going in between two and one? Like maybe, yeah, maybe we'll save that for like between two and one. Okay. And then, okay. Um, but uh, because he's our guest, well, you're, you're, I mean, and our buddy, in life, and our yeah, buddy, yeah, completely. David, a part, I could, could I say part of the gang? Is that yeah, right? you are yeah. part of you the are gang. pad for life, dude. You are so yeah, pad. That's cool. Um, why don't you start us off with your top five, number five, video okay. release. I can hear your groans coming through the phone now. You ready for this? <laughs> oh, wow. Right, number five. And, and it's a film I like, but I know it's not very good. But it's kind of, it's okay. It's got its moments. So, <laughs> number five, 1992, directed by Jim Wynorski. Starring Patrick O'Brien, Debbie James, with a special appearance by Bridget Nelson. 976 Evil 2, The Astral Factor. Vestron Video presents for April two new features reduced prices on our best selling comedy videos and reduced prices on the National Geographic series. Evil has a new number. And the devil has found a new way to reach out and kill someone. 976 Evil 2. The shocking sequel to the 1988 home video smash is here. Is Madeline? You don't look happy to see me. Out of the darkness and into the light comes your horoscope on this dark and stormy night. Push 666 for your horoscope. So they keep calling the number because all of a sudden they got some sort of power that they never knew they had. You receive the power that you desire to fulfill your purpose and feed your fire. Robin, it's so nice to see you. Good day, Miss Lloyd. And do drive safely. I've dreamt of touching you. This. There's nothing I can do to stop him. I'm gonna kick your ass, psycho. How does this guy get to be in two places at the same time? May I help you? Yeah, I'm uh, looking for a book on out-of-body experiences. Patrick O'Brien from No Holds Barred and the original 976 Evil co-stars with Beverly Hills Cop 2's Brigitte Nielsen. Yeah, you kind of remind me of uh, Elvira's steroids. With Renee Awesome from Postcards from the Edge. Burn out, psycho! Settle the fun! Time to put the pedal to the metal, as I believe the saying goes. 976 Evil 2 from Vestron Video. I didn't know they made a 976 oh, evil too. I know. <laughs> this movie, this movie's dog shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I've got some dog shits on mine. I just. <laughs> uh, but uh, but but no, like in the, in the best way. Uh, David, wow. Yes. Let's, 
I know, but this, it's for a very personal reason. And the fact Please. is that, um, yeah, it is pretty bad. It is pretty bad. It makes no sense. Um, it doesn't follow on anything from the first one. Um, the 976 evil line exists still, but then a principal to a school keeps ringing it and gets uh, extra sensory powers and turns into an out-of-body killer, but he's not really an out-of-body killer. It's not like the film Patrick where it's like spooky and scary. It's just like him with the opacity turned down a little bit, so he's almost see-through and he kind of walks around and he's solid when he needs to be solid and he's a ghost when he needs to be a ghost and it doesn't make any sense. But um, there's moments in this film that are just really good. There's a few moments where it's just like, okay, this is better than it should be for this moment. And I really think that's the Jim Wynorski coming through in it. And I've even heard that he didn't want to make it. He was like, eh, yeah, I just did that thing. It was something really? Like he of yeah. all people said that? <laughs> he of all people said that. I know. I know. I know. He really did. He was like, nah, not that one. And I kind of get it. And I didn't want to put it on the list. I don't <laughs> think it's that good. But I think it's a good example of what a straight-to-video film is. If Absolutely. that makes sense. Yeah, this is what you would expect. Like, if I went and rented it, uh, it's, it's, it's Tuesday afternoon, it's raining and I can't go to work, or I don't know, something, I'm just going to go and rent it. Uh, 976 Evil. Uh, it was okay. It, this is what you would expect yes. from I, a straight-to-video film. That's and, pretty much how you can sum up my number five, too, as well. It's like, my my number, it's like, go. The actually, I think the movies actually get better as they go up my list, you know, or mm. down down my, you know, towards number one. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, definitely. But, like, everything you just said can pr- it pretty much perfectly sums up my number five, too. So maybe we all just started with a, a real trash number five that we love. <laughs> that we, yeah, we love it. I mean, you know, whatever. But we all know yeah. it's trash. And here's the thing, too, and I, I have to say, and, and I kind of I kind of take back my comment about calling it dog shit. If, if you love a movie you love a movie it's it and and this is and that's the beautiful thing like this movie there, is a perfect yeah. example of a straight but then, there's elements of this movie that it, it's like there's parts of it that are better than it should be and i think <laughs> yes. that's kind of like the, the wanorski coming through like oh i'm having fun with this bit oh now i've got to go back and do the rest of this shit okay <laughs> but the thing that really stands out uh is i don't know if you remember this scene in it and it's the night of the living dead crossed with it's a wonderful life scene do you remember that? <laughs> I haven't seen this movie since I was a teenager. Right. So. This scene is the scene what makes it good. Because basically, none of it makes sense. It's just random things happen, and then there's something called a plot around it, which it, <laughs> it has holes in it. Let's just put it that way. Um, they, uh, there's a girl sitting on a couch, and she's flicking through the channels, and she's watching Night of the Living Dead. And then she flicks over to It's a Wonderful Life. Then she flicks back to Night of the Living Dead. And then she gets sucked into the TV. And because it's copyright-free... They can actually use It's a Wonderful Life and Night of the Living Dead. Oh, and yeah. they filmed oh, yeah, yeah. her they film her in uh, It's a Wonderful Life. And she's there at the very end uh, with the Christmas tree when they come in and Jimmy Stewart's there and they're putting the bell up and everything else. And then she it's just it's just but they filmed it really well. It's seamless the way it fits together. Mm. I'll give them that. They did that part really well. And all of a sudden when the kid touches the bell on the thing, I can't remember what the line is. Every time a thing what is it? Every time a a, a bell, bell rings, rings and an angel gets its wings, I think. Yeah. An angel gets its wings, that's it. And in this version is, uh, every time you hear a bell, another zombie comes from hell. <laughs> and then it's like, and you're like, what the hell is going on? And then everyone in the room from Mr. Wonderful Life turn around to this girl, and it just turns into Night of the Living Dead. And they splice footage from the two films together, and it works so well. Wow. And when I saw that as a kid, it's the best scene. It is honestly the best scene in the film. And I saw that as a kid, and it kind of, 
because it highlighted the, the editing so much as a filmmaker it was like this is how you do it this is how you just cut things together to make it work do you know what i mean yeah. in my mind yeah. it was like you're seeing the puzzle pieces come together from all these different things to create a new thing and uh i think it's like 1999 when i got hold of a, a video camera i just want to film something quite similar to this and then when i went to film school i cut it all together when i had like editing software and stuff and it, it kind of helped me understand film in a way, like of all things, 976 yep. Evil 2, The Astral Factor was yeah. one of the reasons why, oh, yeah, I like this. I could do this. It all makes wow. sense now. But well, it, was, it was just that scene that did it. And uh, you, can, uh, you can, the film I made, it's, on, it's been on YouTube for like, it's, this is scary. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, I've got that on now. Just check. And it's like, yeah, hey, uploaded 11 years ago. And you start, wow, okay, that was a very long time. <laughs> well, I um, just want to say if, if the, the fact that you brought up Wynarski, uh, you know, he is a straight to video staple. Uh, oh, yeah, completely. You know, from, from boob movies to, uh, to dog boob movies. movies. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he's done everything, he's literally done every genre you can think of. Um, from like you know cutesy family films to straight like as as soft as hard soft core as you can get. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I thought that like that line then could have gone from boob movies to boob movies to boob movies to boob movies <laughs> to, to a dog movie to a boob movie. Yeah, <laughs> boob, boob, boob dog. <laughs> but he, I, I think he kind of got stiffed in a way because he started in '84 with Corman. And I think if he'd have started like in '79 with like Joe Dante and people like that, he could have been up there with them. But I think yeah. because he fell into that direct-to-video area, he kind of stayed in that direct. There was, where else was there to go to at that point? Yeah. Because everyone just went from the drive-in to like they went from the drive-in and then went to the cinema to the multiplex. Well, yeah, that's kind of went to the video shop and stayed in the video shop. That's a little bit of uh, what I noticed on our list, on, on my list specifically was the purgatory that these actors and directors basically fell into if you did a straight-to-video film in the 80s and mm. 90s, you know, versus now, it's all fair game, right? It's yeah. the kind of same taboo of if you did a commercial or, heaven forbid, you're a screen actor and you went to do something in television. Like, how dare you, right? Yeah. And, and so, yeah, 976 Evil is, it, it often gets heralded as, like, why did they make this movie? But <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense why you appreciate it. Yeah, 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 completely. Yeah, you can. And 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 the, the the short film, if anyone wants to check it out, is called The Horror of Hanging Woods. And if you just type that into YouTube, it's back in the days when YouTube wouldn't take a ten minute video and everything had to be five minutes, so split into two wow. parts. Okay. So I know it, it's so weird looking back on a YouTube video and thinking, oh yeah, the the, the good old days of YouTube. Like, oh, God, <laughs> this is scary. Yeah. Man, you are you are an an encyclopedia of horror knowledge. Um, Perfect, perfect. Uh, to, uh, once again, perfect to have on our show. Thank you. Someone yeah. actually appreciates this, you see. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's true. My girlfriend's kind of like, he, she describes coming. In, I can remember the first time my girlfriend came to my house and she just turned around and said, oh, my God, I'm in weird world. I was like, <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah. Well, and it's look, been an ongoing thing, weird world. That's where I live. Okay, as so. an honorary fan club member of the Rocky Drive, uh, uh, she needs yes. to recognize the the, the, uh, the beauty that is David Irons. So, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, 
jump Corey, do you want to take the next you you want to take the next one yeah i i don't i don't have as much like like connection to it like david does um but i do remember enjoying it i had a lot of fun when i saw it and it was it, it encompasses a lot of what david was saying about how the what you expect from a straight to video movie i think at some point you know you learn to lower your expectations and then you're like okay that was okay for for a straight to video movie i you know <laughs> <laughs> and and one of the movies that taught me to kind of you know lower my expectations, uh, 1994, directed by Stephen Norrington, who did the Scorpio Demon in uh, in Split Second, and it's starring Brad Dorf, and it also has William Hootkins in it, who plays who was in Hardware. Remember, he was the neighbor in Hardware, and he was also yeah. in uh, as Porkins in uh, A New Hope, and it is the 1994 Death Machine. This is a neurosynaptic remote relay controller. This button defaults the system to on. And like a dead man's handle, you have to hold it in to keep the thing under control. What thing? Get out. What'd you do? The seal in Vault 10 has been breached. Vault 10 contains some kind of death machine. And your friends are letting it out. Shut up! Order into chaos. Way of the world. Oh. That's a very good pick. And do you want to know something scary? I actually have a VHS copy of it sitting right next to me. Is it that? Is it the hand <laughs> coming out of the water or whatever it is? No, the... no. The, the UK one's completely different. It's oh. like the alien with the girl in front with like a big machine gun thing and an explosion. Oh. Yeah. And... Yeah, I know. I know the hand coming out of the water that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's this this one was another one that I think uh, Fangoria kind of cued me in on, and I was like, oh cool, I want to check it out. It wasn't the best, you know. Like I said, it wasn't the best. <laughs> I don't even know if I saw it like it more than twice. It, it was hardware. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite hardware or split no. second, but I do remember <laughs> I do remember enjoying my time with it. And I told Zach if it gets a good U.S. Blu-ray release, uh, I we will definitely do it because I would just love to revisit it at some point mm. but don't worry zach i won't make you buy it i'll i'll buy it <laughs> well i i mean i i honestly remember the box cover art for this back in the day uh i remember not renting it because i i thought i saw a class of uh, 1999 and i thought oh man that was terrible uh this looks like it's in the same genre i'm gonna pass because there was so much to look at and but then now i'm looking back and i'm going wait a minute the main character is named jack dante then John Carpenter, then Sam Raimi, yeah, uh, and, and Wayland yeah. is, is, you know, and I'm like, wait, Scott Ridley, um, but, but this honestly, is the, cool. The creatures are not the, it's like a machine, but it's actually really cool looking. Although, you know, they don't do a great job of making it very mobile and stuff. But the design itself is really, really neat. Honestly, it's it's a really cool design. Do you remember Zoids? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, oh, yeah. I was a huge Zoid fan when I worked at the video store on Saturdays when I would have to go do the deposit because I worked a double double 12-hour shift on Saturdays. I would stop by at Toys R Us on the way to the bank to do a deposit, and I would buy a Zoid, and I would build it <laughs> on that Saturday when at, at the store when people came in. And my criteria for what Zoid I wanted to buy was how cool the cockpit was. 
that's all I got, guys. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I think anybody who says that, uh, look how cool that cockpit is, um, you know, always should get a firm handshake. Yes. <laughs> and in a slow walk backwards, walk away. <laughs> Into the bush, a la Homer Simpson from. Yep, yep, yep. Just like that. Uh, just like that. What? Dude, uh, what... Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, death machine. That's all I got, guys. No, death machine. Like just the the art alone looks pretty dope. I I, I want to revisit that for sure. Well, uh, if, if if it gets a good if it gets like a good like shot factory or arrow or so, anything Kino Scorpion, it doesn't matter. We'll we'll do it. But I don't think it has any kind of Blu-ray release here. I think there is one in the UK that has a really awesome ass cover to it, but really? yeah, not here. I think um, so because there is a really fantastic um poster design out there online yeah, and it looks like yeah. it's newer so and i believe it's like for a uk or, or something like germany or something i don't know release but it ain't here that's I think, for sure I, th I think i think that it might be a german release because if i remember i think yeah. that was made with german money i think okay. that was made with german okay. money yeah that would that would probably make sense because i haven't seen that anywhere here okay uh, death machine blu-ray so yeah I, well i'll check it out i'll see if i'll see if it's around so i'll be interested to grab that we need to, yeah, this needs to, this, this may need to happen for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zach, what is your number five, Zach? All right, my number five. So uh, just quick backstory. I love martial arts. I love martial art movies. Uh, it, it, obviously, Karate Kid was a huge influence on me, but Bloodsport was as well. Also, No Retreat, No Surrender. And so I started getting into martial arts in the late 80s, early 90s. And that's when the, the martial art boom in the U.S. was taking off uh, in the video stores. And one, there's a production company called PM Entertainment that put, uh, David knows it very oh, well. I know it. They just put out, they, <laughs> yeah. they were kind of like the full moon of action flicks mm. and just would put out movie after movie. You know, Don the Dragon Wilson, I think, was, was kind of, and his Blood Fist movies were like the... Um, the staple, uh, you know, the, the the benchmark of their of their uh, titles. But this 1993 movie is my top, uh, is my number five, and it stars Chad McQueen, obviously of Karate Kid fame, the son of Steve McQueen, and stars Gary Daniels. Gary Daniels, if you don't know who he is, he's a, an amazing martial artist. Um, he was in a great movie, Jack, great Jackie Chan movie called City Hunter. Uh, I'll tell a quick backstory about him in a minute, and Jim, the Ultimate Warrior, Hellwig, from <laughs> good old wrestling days. And this wow. is the 1993 science fiction action movie, Firepower. Los Angeles in the year 2006. Citywide crime has increased 300%, and a gang called the Hell Riders control most of the city. They're heading for the zone. The Hell Zone, where laws don't exist and murder is the local currency. Good day to kill a cop. Ooh. That wasn't very neighborly, was it? Clive says it might be AIDS vaccine. Well, if the hellsiders are running this stuff, let us go undercover. Anyone can visit my club if they want to play. A pair of tough cops on an undercover mission enter the hell zone, where a criminal mastermind has created a game, an arena of death ring fighters. Their job to expose an illegal AIDS vaccine against you use a stick like you've used one before. Yeah, well, I practice a little. But they discover that skill doesn't always determine the victor in the arena. It's run by a computer. It was Drexel. Watch you out of there. We have a contact. It's too dangerous. Ah! 
Hey, that guy's a cop. I have a message to give to your husband. I'm going into the zone to get Drexel. Too bad we can't do that in the real world. LAPD. Rock and roll division. This. I, I, <laughs> could you tell by the the dead air <laughs> no it's kind of perfect it's actually perfect i think every one of our picks should be followed by dead air but um <laughs> right when you say the name just crickets just add crickets yeah, i'll just i'll just read i'll just read a little bit of the the the, the you know back what's it what's back it called again I'm, I'm looking it up right now Firepower. Firepower, okay. One word. And it says, uh, the tagline says, in the near future, street gangs have their own city zones where cops can't go. Two tough cops are sent undercover in one of them to investigate an illegal cure for AIDS. But they must fight. (laughs) They must first fight in a death match, and the match is fixed. And so uh, this might have been the screen debut of The Ultimate Warrior, and you know, you guys remember Hulk Hogan. Oh, did... I know him very well. Yeah, oh, yeah. not you know, personally, but, but you know, this is yeah. It, did, it, does he act like the Ultimate Warrior in this film? He does. He snarls. He's not wearing makeup, <laughs> which is, but he's got that great '80s hair, that '80s rocker hair. And you know, the thing is about this movie, um, I remember wanting to see it because I was a huge Chad McQueen fan. I just thought he was just like a kind of a badass, straight to video yeah. guy. And I was a huge Ultimate Warrior fan. And I think this was, you know, No Holds Barred had come out and Hulk Hogan had a big career uh, on screen. And and then the Ultimate Warrior comes out with this movie and everybody was like, yeah, you're not going to be Hulk Hogan. You're not going to be. And for someone to say no. you're not going to be as good as Hulk Hogan, that's a pretty low bar. But, um, yeah. but Gary yeah. Daniels, Gary Daniels is an amazing martial artist and he did a movie called City Hunter with Jackie Chan and Richard Norton. Uh, and Richard Norton told me a story a while back about how Gary Daniels comes on set and he just acts like he's the king shit. He just thinks he's such a badass with everybody. And because this was a Hong Kong film shoot and it was Jackie Chan territory, they humiliated the hell out of him and just basically beat the crap out of him uh during scenes fight scenes just to teach him a lesson like you don't come on and act like you're the big deal in hong kong you know especially when you're a westerner so uh, he, i think at this point he was a more little more humble and he's got this great ponytail beautiful and um man firepower is just a kick-ass movie so uh yeah firepower action sci-fi martial arts the ultimate warrior and chad mcqueen enough said and i and i and AIDS. And, AIDS. Oh and, AIDS, and I couldn't believe everything you said then when you were saying, you know, and he's like, oh yeah, for the fighting for the cure of for AIDS. And it's just like that just staggered me for everything else you said afterwards. It's just like, oh, okay. It's, it's that kind of film, is it? Uh, you know, it's, and it's, then in my head, I'm, the first thing I honestly thought in my head was, is there a moment in this film where the Ultimate Warrior cuts a promo on AIDS? <laughs> yeah, I know you're out there, right? <laughs> don't, don't. Oh, it's beautiful. I love it. I love it. Let's jump into let's jump into our fours, guys. Uh, David, what's your number four? Hey, yeah, yeah. Right, my number four uh, from 1994, that golden age of director video, uh, directed by Brenton Spencer, uh, oh. starring Joel Weiner. Kim Coates, who I love, uh, oh, yeah. Andrea Roth, Reno Romero, and 
a good friend of yours, Zach Ward. Um, it is the club. Hear those crickets. Hear those crickets. <laughs> the club. Have you ever heard of the club? It, it, it no. kind of rhymes with my number four, or kind of sounds similar. You'll see in a second. I did a t- double take. I was like, what? 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 Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't recognize the club. Right. The club is interesting in the fact that it's it's really atmospheric and it's quite slow and it's more about the acting and the performances which are really good um the whole premise of it is is pro- they're having prom night in an old castle and you're seeing this one guy walk around and talk to people and he's getting into these really weird kind of in-depth conversations people are telling him stuff personally he's like oh okay okay and he's wandering around it's all stylized and it, it looks really cool and he goes to the uh, who is this like the school um what's it guidance counselor he just walks into the bathroom this guy has been talking to everyone and he's just like oh yeah 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 you're mr carver right and he's just like yeah that's right and the teacher says to him oh you don't go to this school do you and he's like no no you know we're having this conversation and he goes oh yeah i'm, I'm dating a girl from this school uh you know uh, lisa resnick really hot fucking body the teacher's <laughs> like mm, yeah and then he turns around to the teacher and says yeah almost as nice as the one you raped at Western Mount High. Oh. And everything just drops, and this guy's like, hey. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I know. There's, there were six of them, wasn't there? I know there were six, and they didn't want you, and because uh, you started killing them. Then that's the best part for you now. You're really getting off on the killing. And all this just builds up, and you're like, what the hell is this? And the scene in this bathroom of Kim Coates and Joel Weiner, the lead guy, the acting is so good. It just, like, and I can remember watching this with my sister, like, okay, this is, like, going above the bar now. And so all this stuff's going on, and, and the teacher grabs uh, the kid, Joel Weiner, and just, like, smashes his head in. And as he's smashing his head in against the sink, the whole place, just the windows, the doors lock, uh, all the balloons at the party just deflate and disappear, and, and everyone at the prom disappears, and they're all stuck in this house. They're all stuck in this castle. And basically what's happened is... And it's quite... It is a good story. It is a good story. It's, 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 it's very well done. <laughs> uh, basically, there's, there's like... Um, like the devil has his minions and every now and then he'll, he'll put a minion in somewhere and they stop time and everything that happens to the people they've picked when time stop is it's going to relate to their fate when time starts again. So one of the girls there is having a bad time with uh, Zach Ward and he, he, he looks like he's going to kill her before everything stops. Yeah. So in this moment, everything he does, if he can save her from something, from, you know, if he does good, during all this stuff, then she'll get to live when time starts again. Mm-hmm. And so it's just about all these. It's that one location kind of horror film where everyone's stuck in one place. It's cool. Uh, cool premise. Yeah. It's a really cool idea. Yeah. And um, originally, and I mean, this is if you ever get to speak to Zach Ward again, like you just you have to ask him about this film. Yeah. Well, because sure. then, like, originally, like um, it was going to be Corey Haim was going to be the lead in the film. And there was, there was, like, I've read various things about it, and it's just like Corey Haim was either fired because he was like off of his face on drugs, yeah, or yeah. they were worried about Corey Haim being off of his face on drugs, and they <laughs> fired him. So it was one, one of the two. Uh, um, uh, but the guy Joel Weiner, who stars in this thing, he's like he's like the acting is so good, and he's really good in this. He's like kind of like a Jack Nicholson in um, Witches of Eastwick, nice. over the top. Yeah, yeah and, and he really goes for it. But it's just this whole idea of, you know, like, and, and there's just really nice moments in there. And it's not, it hasn't got a huge budget. And it does really rely on atmosphere and uh, the cinematography. And there's something there, though. 
it feels like if they could, it, like, you know, when you see now they remake, like, oh, we're going to remake Halloween again or Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre again or Friday the 13th again. If someone took this idea and remade it, they could probably make it better than the original. Yeah, yeah they just I, needed that bit more money. And I think some of, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, I, was just, I probably was going to say the same thing you were going to probably say, which is why always remake the good movies? Remake a shitty movie and make it better. That's always been my yeah. thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, take something that has a really good plot and story and, and do it with a bigger budget. Uh, you know, I would love to see where they maintain the same cast, you know, if it's a movie that gets re- done, kind of remade fairly recently. Um, yeah. Almost like, a you know, you do the student movie and then you've got this better version. But, uh, I mean, that sounds good to go. It, that's, the, that's the thing about a lot of these movies probably on our list, except for a movie about, uh, you know, kung fu and AIDS. Um <laughs> That, you're, that a lot of these movies are not gonna are like they, they they got forgotten because you know people wanted to see Friday night when you go to the video store people wanted to see the the hottest new movie they didn't care about the one like oh I'm not gonna rent that movie that's because that look that box art looks like everything else on the shelf you know kind of thing so they just blow it off so this the club sounds pretty cool though so we'll have to track it down. It's, it's on YouTube you can watch it. of course you can watch it on YouTube um, but it's never had beyond the rental release i think it, i've got well i've got the laser disc i've got there's a laser disc version of it but beyond that it was never on anything i think it was on netflix once when netflix used to show half decent things at one point in time and yeah, um, right be, yeah yeah but beyond that it's kind of just vanished but then you go the thing is you go and look at the youtube comments on it and it's just like everyone's saying exactly the same oh this is such a good idea i remember renting this yeah this was a good one and it's like there's some got like guys there's something here D- do something with this this is a good idea it works. And so, yeah, I, I, I would say, yeah, if you can find the club, like I say, it's, it's, it's one of those films you have to be in the right kind of mood to watch it because I've forced it on people before. Like you need to watch the club and they're like, oh, it's so slow. And it's yeah. just like it's, it's atmospheric. It's not slow. Just find the right time to watch it and you'll appreciate it. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's definitely one of those kind of films, but it is totally worth checking out. And like I say, Joel Weiner, like, it, it, I couldn't imagine Corey Haim being in this film. When yeah. you see Joel Weiner in it, it's like he's, he's really good. And I checked out what he's doing now. And um, he, he actually produced, you know, the Brad Pitt film, The Mexican. Yeah. yeah. He just went yeah. on to this like career of like producing all these A-list films. It's like, oh, oh okay, he's fine. He, he's, he did well. He's, it's all good. Nice. Well, good for him. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. when it, while you're talking about it, I was, I was looking at it on, you know, IMDb and I, I don't even recognize the cover or anything like yeah, that, me, but me it sounds really cool. Like the, the, the premise sounds like one of those movies where Zach, you know, mentioned earlier. It's like, it's just like, sometimes there are these awesome diamonds in there that, that mm. no one knows about that you completely, you know, missed over. And, uh, and yeah, maybe the special effects aren't great, but the premise sounds really freaking neat, you know? Yeah. Well, the, I, I remember when, do you remember in Fangoria, when they used to have um, Dr. Cyclops's video eye. Yeah. Do you remember yep. that? And you had the, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was, I think, well, it was in 94 when it came out. This was like the video pick of the month. And they were like, this is okay. a good example of how to do director video. This is okay. the one you need to see. Wow. And I was thinking, oh, okay, like, let's give it a go. And I can remember watching it for the first time with my sister and like that scene in the bathroom with the, with the with the teacher when this guy is suddenly coming out of all these dark secrets. We were both like, Jesus Christ, this is actually, this is good. This is, we've picked something we have no idea what it is and we're actually enjoying it that was probably like, more shocking than anything in the film oh my god we're enjoying this Jesus <laughs> i like that uh i like that fangoria gave it a shout out when they wouldn't even shout out their own direct-to-video movies so uh you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah much. It's like seven ties yeah we won't talk about one no the club, the club. yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's a yeah. Good one. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Naked lunch in split second. We'll talk about that. Yeah, but let's <laughs> not talk about Moon 44. Um, I, think, I feel like Moon 44 was a Fangoria release, but no, maybe it wasn't. Something else was. But Moon, anyway. Was Moon 44... Was that I, the Stephen Jeffries one? No, Moon 44 was... Oh, sorry. Oops. Uh, we're we're going to oh, take that out of your brain for, for a moment. I don't know why I said Moon 44. Uh, we'll get back to that in a minute. I was I was going to say Moon Trap. Moon Trap was a. Uh, I thought it was, I thought Moon Trap was a Fangoria production, but, uh, it was, but what was the thing with Mind Warp? Mind Warp. Mind Warp. Warp. Mind was Warp. the one. Yeah. 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 There you go. I, there you go. Moon Trap. Mind Warp. Moon 44. Uh, speaking of fours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what's your number four? Well, yeah, just uh, it kind of rhymes, sort of, I guess, maybe. Um, but it's it's the newest movie. It's 1997 that I have. I probably wouldn't even thought about it because I was still kind of eyeballing early 90s and, and late 2000s. But I thought this actually impressed me when I saw it. And I thought this was pretty freaking cool. Nobody is really in it that I know. The director I don't really know offhand. But it is the 1997 movie Cube. Twenty-six rooms high. Twenty-six rooms across. Seventeen thousand five hundred seventy-six rooms. Does anybody remember how they got here? Why would they throw innocent people in here? Are we being punished? There's a way in here, so there's got to be a way out. Do you think they'd go to all the trouble to build this thing if we could just walk out? Take a good long look around. But I got a feeling it's looking at us. We have about three days without food and water before we're too weak to move. I just want to wake up. I looked in the room down there and something almost cut my head off. Motion detectors integrated into the walls. Tough to spot. You're not getting out of here. Yes, we are. There is no way out of here. We need to get around the trap. They're identified by prime numbers. We'll figure it out. I can't. I'm not dying in a rat maze. No more talking. No more guessing. You gotta save yourselves from yourselves. What the hell is going on? We haven't been moving in circles, the rooms have. We are the key. The cube is us. Oh, I love Cube. Uh, I, yeah. I actually saw that in the theater. Actually saw that. Yeah. Okay. So did that have a limited? It came out to the cinema here as well. Very limited though. Very limited release. Okay. So 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 kind of skirts it a little bit. Um. Yeah. I just I thought that was really freaking cool premise, and I like uh I like how you didn't really ever get any answers, and it was just kind of neat, and you you know it just you know kind of did have some word of mouth. I do remember people talking about it. I even. I think it might have even like popped up in Entertainment Weekly as like, you know, in the back and like, hey, check this out, like something that should be on your radar type of thing. Mm-hmm. I do think it had some mainstream buzz. I I just I and I I kind of feel like it did sort of come out in the theater. And I think that's why it wasn't really like on my first mind list. But when it popped up on one of those lists, I kind of didn't, you know, question it. So I was like, OK, sure. Maybe it was straight to video. But I thought Cube was pretty cool. Thought it was a neat movie. Yeah, you know, and I know I they made some it. sequels, but, you know, I didn't I didn't see in the sequels. I didn't feel the need to go any further. But I was like, yeah, this was fun. I like it. Good. Good. Good job, Cube. You did a good job. That's what <laughs> I got to say. <laughs> well, I was going to I was going to say. 
any movie that had made makes less than a million dollars, I think, would be considered to go on this list as well. And this movie only made yeah. about five hundred thousand, which is kind of surprising actually in nineteen ninety seven that it only made five hundred thousand. Uh, maybe speaks to the fact that it was very limited when it came out. I think I saw it at an art house theater in San Jose. Um, in fact, I know I did. And yeah, the premise of this is brilliant. Um, it's, it's such an it's such a Twilight Zone esque kind of idea. Yeah. Uh, and and this could easily, I would be okay if this was remade with a big budget. Uh, yeah you know bigger names or whatever and, like cool like better kills like that first kill was a really good kill i think there's like some laser thing kind of a la you know resident evil one you know type of yes. thing if i remember correctly yeah you're completely right there was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. that was like the the shocking like first kill type of thing um yeah i think cube would be a perfect remake or you just do another sequel it doesn't matter it can just be like you know just a reboot re-sequel who cares and uh just give us some more freaking cool ass uh kills and then throw some cool characters in there to have nice little dynamic and then bada bing bada boom you got yourself a movie <laughs> yeah. yeah i, I think still. you're completely right what you said about this being direct to video as well uh in a sense because um i don't know if you know about this but you know don coscarelli from phantasm mm -hmm. he's he's yes. put like a, a book out recently talking about filmmaking yeah and um i was reading it the other day and he was saying like when he did baba hotep and this is the same kind of time as when cube came out the way that the the, the companies distribution companies considered theatrical was oh yeah we, we'll give it it, it, we're buying this as director video. This is director video, but we give it theatrical for so, so we can advertise it. And that that was kind of the way it went. You know, what I mean, there was token theatrical releases. Oh yeah, this is you know, it, it did come out in theaters, but it just helped it when it went director video from right. kind of swerving the director video kind of banner to sit under, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah and, they, totally. and they didn't yeah. care like how many, because like, I guess in theory, like if, it one comes, theater. if it comes out in one theater, it, it had a theatrical run, yeah. essentially. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And this was the time when if you said, oh, our film's a theatrical release, like one of my movies that I didn't put on the list um, because it, it actually had a bigger release than I thought was this uh, action movie called Excessive Force. And if you find the old trade ads for it, they're like, theatrical release in over 600 theaters you know <laughs> yeah. this is the movie you want to own in your video store and 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 yeah. i feel like it could have been like like i was you know spoiler it's not on my list but i was gonna put like screamers on here but then i you know i look on imdb and it looks like it had a you know i'm like okay it looks like it came out in the theater but like i really really feel like screamers went straight to video but like yeah it's again that i feel like that's why this list was hard trying to really decipher because i really wanted to like you know do it right yeah i wanted to do straight to video you know yeah. Well, and I, th yeah, yeah. I think too, you you have to take into account like if this was not a nationwide release or you know or something that was seen by like you might have never been able ha to have the opportunity to see this movie where you live because so it was straight to video for you. Like if you lived in the middle of Iowa or something, and no knock on Iowa, <laughs> but yeah, but like usually it's it's New York or it's uh it's it's L.A. and stuff. Those are the ones that get the limited release runs, and that's what I loved. One of the things I loved about living in L.A. was that we got to see everything in the theater pretty much, you know, and and it didn't matter because that's always one of the markets. But yeah, if you live in like Virginia or Minnesota, like somewhere in the kind of like not in the main you know heartland, you know, the cities, um, yeah, it, it might be a direct to video for you basically. Right. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Pretty much. All right, That's Zach. Zach, two. Yeah. What is number four for you? Okay, my number four is uh, in the science fiction genre as well. 
Um, and I might have actually accidentally name dropped it a, a little bit earlier because it was on my mind. Um, it's okay. I wasn't paying attention to what you were saying. So. <laughs> well, David was. Damn it. David was. Uh, it's the 1990 sci-fi thriller directed by Roland Emmerich of Independence Day fame, written by... Uh, and it was also written by uh, Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin. Dean Devlin had a had a uh, actually Dean sorry, directed by Roland Emmerich, not written by Dean Devlin, but he was in this movie. It's he, the yeah, 19- yeah, I was gonna say he's in it. He stars in it, doesn't he? He's he's, one of the, yeah, 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 yeah. He has a pretty big part in it. Actually, third build in according to IMDb, uh, the Michael Pere sci-fi actioner Moon Forty Four. The year 2038, a world of intergalactic corporations locked in ruthless rivalry, a world of desperate technologies competing for shrinking resources. Holy shit, what are Prisoners? But you're an ex-fighter pilot. You're some kind of tough guy. Maybe. Shut up! One man's courage triumphs over savagery and greed. Our defense system is based on the perfect interaction of pilot and navigator. God damn it, up! These wimps sit on their skinny butts Your life risk depends our necks. upon you listening to these guys. Get back, son of a bitch! A world of struggle, of fear, and of hope. You got him! Leave him alone! This plan will never work! Prisoners come a hell of a lot cheaper than pilots. Yeah, well, our lives depend upon those people. That was murder. Got these faggots, we don't fly. And I ain't going back to prison. Fighting! In the outer zone, you need a friend. Bandit approaching quickly. Lisa Eichhorn, Malcolm McDowell, Michael Paré. In a Roland Emmerich film, Moon 44. There's your mood 44. <laughs> <laughs> There's my mood 44. So, I don't know. It just, I was like, mood 44, no, mood 44, don't forget it. Um, so, this movie is, yeah, Michael Pere kind of was a straight to video uh, icon uh, after he did Eddie and the Cruisers and Streets of Fire. Uh, he his career it was philadelphia started... experiment wasn't it that came out and after that it all kind of like he went straight to video in a way didn't he totally that you hit yeah. the philadelphia experiment pretty much bombed and he found this new life on video movies um even though eddie and the cruisers part two i think was released in the theaters as well that otherwise that would have been on my list um so many of my movies i'm like well it's released in a few theaters uh but this movie, Moon 44, not only starred Michael Pere, who I absolutely love, uh, but it Dean Devlin, who I mentioned earlier. And Dean Devlin is is mostly known by today's audiences as being a part of the Roland Emmerich team, Godzilla, Independence Day. Um, but he was in Real Genius, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Brian Thompson is in this, mostly known for being the, the killer from Cobra, Malcolm. <laughs> Dowell is hey, in it. Hey, Brian Thompson <laughs> was the guy that could talk to dolphins on Key West with Fisher Stevens. That's where oh, I always knew right. from. That's I, and he's one of the vampires in Friday Night too. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know, he and, and he was in uh, the Miracle Mile as a gay weightlifter. 
but that's a whole other story. Um, Can I say I'm looking through IMDb as you're talking, and I've never seen this movie, but I am absolutely impressed by the set design in this thing. Uh, it, it looks, looks like a big, it looks like a so, big budget, like James Cameron movie, and you're telling me yeah. it's like straight to. I'm looking at it like if you just showed me one of these screenshots on IMDb and said, you know, don't say anything about this movie. I'm like, oh, that's a that's a big budget uh, sci-fi film that came out in the 90s, right? Like, nope. Wow, dude, it looks fucking amazing. Yeah, I think, and 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 also, and I also want to point out too that Stephen Jeffries was in this as well. Yeah. Our good Stephen Jeffries, uh, who plays Cookie. But um, I think one of the reasons why this movie, and I'm speculating, obviously, one of the reasons why this movie didn't do as well as it did is because you had so many sci-fi movies bombing around this time. You know, like Highlander Two, for example, where people are just like, "Oh, is this gonna be kind of that kind of movie?" So when you look at it, you see. That it should, that it could be a big screen theatrical release film, but then there's little moments where you're like, oh, this is what makes it a straight to video film, you know? Like maybe there's, uh, it's not as edited as cleanly as it could be, or maybe there's gaffes here and there that could have been fixed, but they really weren't. So those are the things to me that make it stand out as a, oh, that's probably why it went straight to video. I have a feeling it was more popular overseas. David, I know you seem to be more familiar with this movie than Corey. Um, yeah. But I love this movie. Moon 44 is the shit. Like, I'm sorry. It's just, it's a fun, action-y, mining, whodunit, uh, cop, kind of cop movie in a way. You know, what, what David, do you it, have It was. It was definitely more popular here. Um, I think because of, like, Roland Emmerich, he's, again, a German money. So I think over here it was it got a bigger push here than it yeah. did in the states uh, and in Europe and it was I definitely remember it was you could tell I don't know how blockbuster or anything works over there but the more I think it's pretty much the same but the, the more popular something they wanted something to be the more copies there were in blockbuster and oh, Moon Forty Four yeah, yeah. Moon, Moon Forty Four was one where you had like oh this is quite it had six copies rather than like what <laughs> one copy like it wasn't nine seven six evil with one copy that no one ever took yeah. this was like oh yeah we got six copies oh yeah this this looks pretty like pretty important film and uh and yeah it did get a lot of play over here as well it, in the 90s on the sci-fi channel it was like a staple where, where hbo was like that oh, hey beastmasters on this was yeah. like yeah yeah th th like this was it was like the moon 44 channel it was always on the sci-fi channel always. yeah and for those for those people that are not familiar with video stores so uh the video stores would have to they buy the tapes directly from the from the companies for at like a hundred dollars a cassette and then you have to rent it out so many times to get your money back on it so you're not going to take a chance on a movie that that doesn't no. it's not very popular because you're not going to probably make your money back on it. And I remember being in the video store and like having the manage managerial rights or whatever, and I'd see, oh, this movie just made its money back, or you know, uh, or whatever. Or this movie's definitely not making its money back. And that's why they'd end up just selling the movie once they make their money back on it. And to make sense that Moon 44 would be popular over there, I could see it. The UK just had way better taste on one hand, like when it came to respecting these types of movies. And Moon 44, I think, if people watched it again, and it could show up on a pad list, who knows, uh, if it gets a proper release, because I don't think there's even a Blu-ray of it. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out. It's so much fun, and yeah. that's why it's in my top five. 
I I absolutely have of so far of the ones we've talked about. That's the number one movie that I would like to go and watch at this point because I mean you it looks it. right up my alley. Oh, I uh, think you after saying talking about Death Machine, I think you're going to be very impressed with Moon Twenty Four. <laughs> honestly, hey, no, honestly, no firepower love. Kidding, <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding. No that cure was... for AIDS love. Come on, <laughs> who doesn't love who doesn't love a good cure for AIDS story? So I'll uh, <laughs> Philadelphia. Um, all right, David, hit us with your best three. Right, here we go. 1989, directed by Dominique Authenin Girard, starring Ooh. Linda Nashby, Johnny Cage from Mortal oh, Kombat. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, Aisha Jank, Karen Black, and Doug Jones is, get those crickets warmed up, Night Angel. He doesn't know about us fantasies of yours those deep dark secrets her power is timeless i've been on the phone this morning with the police what? joseph crenshaw was murdered last night oh no no her method is seduction <laughs> did you invite her i wish for she is lilith Now, her newest target is the world of high fashion. Yeah. Good evening, Craig. Shall we go? I think Lilith has her eye on you. True love is the only hope. Craig, I love you. But can anyone resist her power? I will do things to you that no other woman will dream of. <gasps> Don't you understand? She is Satan's whore. Listen to her, Craig. Last night, Lilith came for you. Now you're mine. But you escaped from the mouth of hell. Now she's coming again. And this time, she'll be stronger. No! Craig, no! Night Angel. Since the dawn of time, her beauty has destroyed men's souls. Night Angel. Night well, yeah, you had me at Lyndon Ashby, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love Mortal Kombat, man. That's one, I love it's that movie. It's such so a good much. film. Night oh, Deborah yeah. Fewer, is Deborah Fewers in this? Um, I don't, off the top of my head, I'm not sure. I don't think so. I didn't have it down. I've... Karen Black is definitely in it. Um, I can't think. Oh, Deborah, I, I'm getting her. Well, Deborah Fuhr was in um, was in it To Live and Die in L.A. It says she's yeah. in Night Angel. Is Deborah? Yeah, Deborah Fuhr is in Night Angel. Is Christy? But yeah, yeah. Karen Karen oh, Black's also. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I love yeah, the she's... poster art, dude. The poster art looks amazing. Right. I re basically, I remember keep this that in mind. I before remember... I go any further, this is basically Neon Demon with a plot. So, uh, so, like so Neon Demon's the so far the only one I haven't seen of his works. I, I loved uh, only only God forgives and um, and Drive. And drive. Yeah. Uh, Neon Demon. I just haven't had a chance to. I really want to see it. So it looks a ten out of ten Neon Demon, but story wise, it's like eh. yeah. yeah, that's it what I've been, been hearing. I've, I've, I've been hearing a lot of people saying like, oh, if you love Drive, you're probably gonna like Neon Demon, but it's not quite as good. So that's kind of why it's I kind of pushed it down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but this There's, this one is. Yeah. Um, Basically, it's about a succubus that uh, she emerges from the ground 
uh, randomly uh, and wants <laughs> to take control of a fashion magazine called Siren. And um, she oh. goes to this fashion magazine, overtakes the building, turns... Uh, but it goes really like Cronenbergian, that kind of thing. It steps into this really weird thing and everyone in this office building for this fashion magazine turn into like sex zombies in the offices. And it's yeah. uh, really weird, surrealist stuff, like photos come to life. And uh, it, it's just, it's a, it's a very, I think it's everything that the Neon, De- Neon Demon should have been. It's mm-hmm. like a really surrealist, uh, it's a really gory um, and really well lit horror film. It's really mm-hmm. atmospheric and stylish. And it's, that is, I mean, Dominic Othenin Gerard did um, Halloween 5, which is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked, that film, I think that film looks amazing. The, the cinematography and everything. That's got really good atmosphere to it. And he made this thing before Halloween five. And this was supposed to be a theatrical film, but they just, uh, there was problems with the money and it was like, this is going to get dumped onto VHS. So it was, and I think that's something that, you know, we could talk about with these films. Um, A lot of them should have gone to the cinema and they just get discarded for whatever reason onto video. So sometimes like, like this, you get a gem where it's like, this is too good to be direct to video, but it shouldn't have been, it should have been a cinema, but it ended up on video. And sometimes and... you get death machine and that was supposed to. Go to video. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but this one, this is, a, it, yeah, it is a really good film. It's a very stylish film. Um, it's, it's recently had a Blu-ray release, which I'm, I'm I need to get. I need oh, to get cool. that because it was okay. just on. Yeah, it was just on. It's a, yeah, it's a really nice special edition with um, like oh, commentaries great. and everything else. Um, but it is. If, I mean, if you look at my stuff, like like the Nightwaves music video and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, yeah. I post up. Yep. Like this is this film really influenced a lot of things that yeah. I do. Um, and it's kind of weird. You can kind of see. I mean, you're as I mean, you guys have seen Halloween Five, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, do you, right. Do you remember the, the, like the oddball comedy cops in Halloween Five? The thing yeah. that stuck out like a sore thumb. Like, what the hell is this all about? Like the yeah, stupid, the, like squeaky music when they walk. Yeah, it's like well, I remember when, like I showed, like I say, my girlfriend, she never really watched a lot of horror and, until she started going out with me, and then she watched Halloween Five and saw the scene where the cops come out with the squeaky music, and she just looked at me. She's like, "There's something wrong with the disc." That music can't be part of the film. I was like, that's part of the film. Yeah. She's like, they, they can't have done that. And I said, they did that. And she goes, who was the director? And I was like, oh, this guy, made, you know, like, and she goes, it makes it. And she got it completely. She goes, everything looks good, but why would he put that in there? And I was like, I, I don't yeah. know. And she goes, was he American? I was like, no. And she was like, I think that's why I put it in there. <laughs> like, it, it was like someone trying to make an American film. Like, oh, yeah. They like like silly cops, like Police Academy. Yeah, that's that's how you make an American film. Let's put those in. I, I, re- I really genuinely think that because in Night Angel, uh, um, Doug Jones, um, he's not in makeup. He's not playing a creature or anything else. He's he's like the comedy relief. Like everything's like you got like Linda Nashby and everyone else working in this fashion magazine in this office, and they're all quite serious. And there's like a tone with the characters. Like they're they you know they they're, they're operating at a certain level uh, of seriousness. And then Doug Jones comes in and it's just like, what the fuck movie is he in? Yeah. And he just comes. And when this, well, to put to, right, look, this is one of his lines in the film. And he's and he's like, they're all really stylish and slick guys. And he comes walking in like in an oversized suit and a baseball cap. Hey, guys, how's it yeah. going? And you're like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck is this? And yeah. he's one of his lines when they're in a nightclub. They go, oh, look at that girl over there. She's really nice. I'd love to date her. And his line is date her. 
I just want to tickle her tonsils with my meat puppet. <laughs> oh, I, I know. I've seen this movie. I've seen. Have this, you seen like, it? Have you yeah, seen I know this that thing? line. I, know I was gonna thing. say, I love how that line is what makes it click for Zach. And and with video, I could see it actually click on Zach's face. He's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, Doug, I, I, Doug I, I, Jones is like yeah. on a different planet, and he's just like, why is he in this acting? And he is. He's just like pulling silly faces, and it's like no human being would hang around with this guy because he's just a fucking douchebag. Yeah, like, I, I don't I, get I, it. If, if you, did you, do you know what I'm talking about, Zach? Do you, I know exactly, you... yeah, because I never <laughs> seen this movie all the way through. I found it on right. Amazon Cable one night um, back in the day. And yeah, it, it is. it totally takes you out of it. I remember that being super lame. <laughs> And, and I think that was uh, a major uh, misstep by so many movies in the late 80s, early 90s, where they're like, oh, we got to throw this stupid comedy in to yeah. like, lighten it up. But it was such a it was such an obvious, like, just cheap play versus very thought out. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely going to revisit this film as well, because it's yeah. been. I actually really want to see it. It sounds like it's it's right up my alley. So For sure. Go, wow. And then, honestly, that's what I love about either doing these watch lists or listening to these watch lists is and, and what we're supposed to be doing, which we what I hope other people feel the same way, is that you have a little notepad with you. And you're like, oh, I want to watch this one now. I want to check this one out. I mean, that's that's the point. We're recommending these movies to you. And uh, so far, Moon 44 and uh, this one, Night Angel, are the two that I'm most excited about checking out and get you get you some night angel come on now. So. <laughs> no, yeah no, night angel is totally worth checking out but it it does honestly it does feel like when you watch it it does feel like a foreigner trying to make uh, an american film because there's it looks stylish like you have that it's like looking at something uh like looking it's like someone else outside looking into america yeah. oh yeah america yeah. It has neon signs and it has beautiful women and it yeah. and it has do you know what i mean it's kind of like you're trying to go for this miami vice aesthetic yeah. but through yeah. the directing you're doing things like, yeah, American films have like douchebag sidekicks. We'll put one of those in. And it's like, no, 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 you're, you're getting this all. This is all wrong. You don't need to be doing this. Don't put this guy in there. Saying yeah. that he wants to tickle a girl's tonsils with his meat puppet. This is this is not good. This is not good. <laughs> and then, but, it, I, but it's, it's yeah, it, it, I, I really feel that this should get more love than it than it does. And, I guess uh, yeah, I'd say I was going to say Doug Jones gets uh, love, obviously, if it sparked my memory for. Uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. <laughs> of all the things to remember it by. Right. Yeah, I remember that line. <laughs> Corey, what's your number three? Yeah, buddy. So this one, I actually didn't. Um, I don't think I rented it. I, th I believe I saw it at my friend's house uh, on like HBO at night. Um, this is my buddy Robbie. He usually fell asleep like at nine o'clock, and so I was up until like two or three watching all of all Cinemax and, and HBO because my parents didn't have it, but he did. So this was 1990. It's a it's a it's a western. It stars James Earl Jones and Brad Dorif and. Oh, I uh, and I hope it came out straight to video and didn't come out in theater. It did. It uh, did. Sure okay, did. cool. And uh, for one, it's an anthology, and it's called Grim Prairie Tales. I'm going to tell you a story that'll stick to you like an eyeball to a cactus needle. There is a grim menace in the West. Stalking the weary traveler. Who are you? Its name is terror. I know a story. From a deadly Indian ritual. I can't understand! 
sword are you from a beautiful demon i know you're not gonna hurt me why well, didn't expect that <laughs> to a gunfighter's deadly dream goodbye one bullet i like it horror roams the wilderness feel the fear Yours is the right one. In an all-too-wild west. Grim Prairie Tales. Starring James Earl Jones, Brad Dorif, and William Atherton. It's disgusting. It's just sick. Where did you dredge up a story like that? You liked it. <laughs> Grim Prairie Tales. I remember it for the story where the the girl, the lady sucks the guy up her vagina <laughs> at, the, at the demon lay or whatever. I, I remember that specifically is what blew me away. <laughs> do, do you want to know something? I only it? remember it for that one image. I can't remember anything else apart I can't, from that. No, seriously. I don't remember any of the other stories. I barely remember anything about it, but I do remember a cowboy gets sucked up a woman's vagina and she gets reverse <laughs> pregnant. Like, like she gets, her belly gets big out of that. So so, yeah. Have you seen that one, David? I've seen that one, and literally the only thing I remember about it is exactly what you were yeah. saying. I can't remember anything else. When you said, yeah. that's the thing, you said it, and I started laughing and grinning because I was like, oh, yeah, the one where the guy gets sucked up the woman's yeah. yin yang. I yeah, remember yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it, clearly left an impression you know like like that was uh that was impressive so i'm uh, but yeah I, I i remember liking that one and i think that i do think that was a pretty good one i, I imagine maybe at least that one part was <laughs> i mean the cast alone is fantastic it's got yeah. william atherton in it also and um mark mcclure obviously from superman but uh, from, from pad obviously strange behavior so. exactly i was gonna say even even better from strange behavior well, yes, of course. But yeah, I remember when this came out on video and being super stoked about it because Fangoria might have done a write up about it. I probably, yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, it's in a, it's like kind of like an anthology series, isn't it? Yeah, it was yeah, it was an anthology. Yep. Just just like uh Tales from the Dark Side and all that kind of stuff. I love me some good yeah. anthologies, especially like I remember this was like I thought, Oh, is is this gonna be a new franchise? And you know, like you don't see a lot of like Western horrors, which I which I think it would be kind of. I would actually like to revisit it, to be truthful with you, because you know I do like westerns, and I do think that uh, the the western genre can is 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 a perfect genre to kind of like sci-fi. You can kind of also insert any other genre into it, you know. And yep. uh, I, I like that, so I actually wouldn't mind giving it a rewatch. But I, I all I remember is that guy getting sucked up into her vagina. Well, and that's, it's like, that's and it's like his legs were up by his head. You know? yeah. <laughs> I think you, you used that on our Instagram, didn't you? Didn't you use I, that on our Instagram for something? I think, I think at some point I might have found the gym board or something. <laughs> but when you promote this pad, uh, this watch list, I will, have to... I will. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it for each, I'll do something for each episode. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Zach, uh, what's your number three, buddy? My number three. I love that we're getting into the... The nitty-gritty dirt band right now. Um, okay, so my number three <laughs> is, and as I mentioned before, I am you know a huge martial arts fan of action, 90s action movies. Um, Richard Norton and Cynthia Rothrock were like the, the um, what do you call them? Uh, uh, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers of 
kung fu action movies back in the day uh as far as like straight to video american action movies and i mean they did everything together china o'brien was probably their most notable movie that's not on my list actually a sequel of one of their movies is on my list because um i always felt like they would come out with a kind of a crappy first one just to get it out there and then they would almost do a remake and it was just it was just a little bit bigger budget maybe uh potentially larger b-level actors alongside norton and cynthia rothrock and if you don't know who those two are just just type them in on youtube because cynthia rothrock is one of the most badass martial art people on the planet richard norton is a legit badass no doubt uh i'm telling you like this guy has done so much in his life and then you know besides being in b action movies He's also a stunt coordinator nowadays behind the scenes for like Mad Max. And, I was going to uh, say, shit, he's in Fury Road. I mean, he's in Fury Road, a very in prominent uh, role, too. Yeah, and the guy was a, the guy was a, um, uh, a bodyguard before that for like James Taylor and Linda Ronstadt and the Rolling Stones and, and uh, John Belushi. And so he's, he's a dyma- dynamic dude. Um, but the movie I'm talking about specifically is the 1993 film rage and honor 2 and rage and honor 2 i've uh, never heard of it <laughs> no, <laughs> crickets, never crickets. fucking heard of it <laughs> as, as you should because you're like why would i even watch this movie so i mean it's a basic premise right it's gangster it's rage, it's rage and honor that's that's the premise yeah <laughs> <laughs> And I love how the, like the, you know the, the 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 little synopsis is like Chris and Preston team up once again to take on powerful gangster Boon Tao, but Boon Tao has problems of his own dealing with Dazo, another gangster who is steady to rise to power. It's like very cookie cutter premise as most of these straight to video movies are, but this movie just has a level of charm. Like at this stage in the game in '93, Rothrock and Norton had done so many movies together that they had such a great natural chemistry on screen and it really comes across like these these two obviously have fun together uh but patrick muldoon is like third build in this movie and obviously patrick muldoon from starship troopers and he's been a ton a ton of stuff but um he brings it up a level i think because he's he's a really good actor you know whether he's a soap star or whatever who cares i'd love uh, me some patrick muldoon man he's awesome I do, dude. <laughs> and this is definitely one of those like kung fu fighting flicks where you're it's 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 popcorn at its best you know it, it's it's just the right amount of butter and uh and it's got great fighting scenes and they do their own stunts so there you know there's no shitty stunt doubles and I love me some Richard Norton. Like, I don't know why, but the guy always did it for me. Ever since I saw him in Jim Cotta, I was like, I love this guy. And um, it just, it's, it feels like everyone had a good time making this movie. And Patrick Muldoon has kind of like a, a big, uh, you know, he kind of like adds that extra, he adds the X factor so to make this movie better than your typical action 90s movie. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> Yeah, nice. Well, I think we okay, should have but... to take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds fine. We we yeah. we trust your opinion. <laughs> but you don't have to take my word for it. 
<laughs> you can go rent it and watch it yourself if you want. <laughs> and that'll never happen. <laughs> but I, I think yeah. this is this is kind of the sweet spot, though, isn't it? This early '90s kind of thing. I think it's when it like direct video kind of come into its own. Of like what you were saying, but everyone feels comfortable like making this film and relaxed, and it seems like fun. I yes. think that's like when everyone kind of knew what the market was. Oh, we're going to make this type of film because this sells. Oh, okay. And I, th- I think like the early '90s were like really the golden age of direct video. I really, I really think they do. They, they, they was... were. Yeah, they really were. I totally agree. Yeah. They, they, this, this. I will tell you that uh, Video Man, my local video store that I ended up working in, uh, had two copies of Rage and Honor. So it tells you that. Whoa. It, yeah, they had two copies. <laughs> Settle down there now. That's you're getting a little wild <laughs> yeah. there, video man. <laughs> Get a little well, crazy. It's an important film. So, two copies. Of it. So this is this is a little fun fact insight into so my. This is the backup copy. This is the, right, backup, this is the backup. This is the predator copy. Um, <laughs> so so uh, when I when I I wanted to work at Video Man so bad, my local video store, and that was it was my dream as a as a young teenager that someday i would work at this place and in 1993 i got my wish came true and i was working at video man right i could ride my bike there it was a a five minute bike ride from my house it it was so great and so i'm working at video man and i I don't know if you guys remember this back in the day but they had phone books of movie titles um so you're going forward you could almost like you know, like uh, like you go in the library and you look up a card catalog. They would almost like have this book of video titles. You could look up the name, the actor, director, whatever. Anyways, um, when I started working there, you know, we get new books every every quarter, and so I would cut out the titles of certain actors, their bio, their little IMDb listing, and I would laminate that in and then put it in my wallet, and that was like. I would hold my favorite actors in my wallet to pull it out and be like, oh, what movie do I want to watch today? Oh, let's look at Richard Norton's. So I did that with Richard Norton's uh, filmography. And, you know, the promo material would come in for all these movies. And I would cut out, like, pictures and make my own buttons and make my own stickers and make my own laminates. And I took a picture of Richard Norton. And he's, like, karate kicking with a sigh in one hand and a big old aggressive face. And I mounted it on my car like hang tag so uh you know people got in my car and, this guy that's richard norton don't you know now when you met richard norton did you tell him that you had a laminated copy of his resume in your wallet back in 93 oh i did and he appreciated and he slowly backed away like like, like homer now, at, at that point at that point he was already in our house for two days so you're like David, you're I, like i already have him at that point he ain't going nowhere i don't know if you know that story david but um but if i had done you know i'd done an interview with richard for for two dollar late fee and, and he was in australia and i said next time you're in town kind of like what i did with you i'm like hey if you need a place to stay let us know you know yeah he's in he's in town with his wife judy uh on his way to shoot suicide squad part two and like he had a stopover in LA before he went to Atlanta and I met him for lunch just to thank him for coming out here. And then his wife, Judy said, Oh, our Airbnb fell through and we need a place to stay. And then we offered up, I offered our place up unbeknownst to my wife. She's like, you know, these people and said, yeah, it's Richard Norton. since, since 1992, don't worry. About yeah. <laughs> right. Since 1985, Jim Cotta. Uh, so, so, uh, 
or no force five which was like in 1981 which is a great kung fu movie by the way <laughs> um so i i offered our place up they ended up staying with us for like six days oh, no understand. way yeah and and he told me a lot of stories off air kind of like the the story about gary daniels uh he told me some chinese mafia stories some crazy stuff that probably shouldn't be aired anywhere um <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, right so but they ended up staying with us. His wife totally bonded with my wife. Super cool, Judy. Uh, but, you know, when I, I think it was the second night in, I said, Richard, I got to totally be honest with you. Like, I idolize you, man. Like, you, I, you, like, sincerely. And Kristen's like, yeah, no joke. He has pictures on his wall of you. And uh, and he's like, well, let's go see him. <laughs> <laughs> I got to know if I got to kill you or not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Where's the nearest open door, and where's a window with the drops less than six yeah. foot? Okay, thanks. Yeah. So he comes down. You know, we have a multi-level uh, condo apartment or whatever, and he comes down to the bottom level where Bodhi's room is, and because he's gonna, you know, he wants to listen to Bodhi have his story time, and and uh, he comes down the stairs and he sees his pictures on his wall. He's like, oh yeah, I remember that movie. That was that was a lot. Like I've got a Jim Cotta picture and Rage and Honor picture, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, that oh that was a fun movie. That was, and he's like just like checking himself out. And I think, you know, on one level, he could have been creeped out. On the other level, I think he was, this guy, this guy's a legit fan. That's really cool, you know? Well, I, so. I think you didn't drop yeah. that bomb on the first second you met him. That's yeah. that's the difference. The, the, when, you know, when when people ask, like, like how, how do we get in touch with these, these uh, you know, celebrities and stuff, it's, I always say be normal sauce right out of the gate. Because if you get them with normal sauce, you can be a... You can show your true colors later, you know. It's it's yeah. It's, it's yeah. totally the way to do it. It's definitely yeah. the way to do it. Yeah. Well, rope them in. I mean, everybody yeah. knows. Everybody, and and I think all three of us combined, we're all fans of cinema. We all yeah. love the oh, stuff completely. we get to talk yeah. about, right? So, and 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 no, and all three of us are not, you know, uh, crazy. So I think what what it ends up being. <laughs> Says I, I you. love the fact there was a pause there. We're not crazy. Yeah, and I stuttered too. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're maybe somewhere on the spectrum, but not quite crazy. Yeah. Somewhere in there. But yeah, you know, I, the idea is like, look, we're, we're fans, and I mean, that was a dream come true for me. I was like, there's, there's no way. And then he ends up teaching Bodhi how to. He's like, this is how you kill a man with a sword, and he's like using his sword, <laughs> um, which was so cool. We have it out on video, but, but yeah, you know, this guy, he loves what he does. And he would even say to me, he's like, you know, most of those movies I did, it's like, they were fun. And and I think, yeah, like you were saying, the sweet spot for cinema, they knew at this point they weren't going to be a theatrical movie. They knew at this yeah. point they were going to be breaking blockbuster records. Uh, they were just going to go out and make something legit fun. And I think as we get like deeper into the list, we will figure, we'll realize uh, maybe our, our number twos and ones fall more into that category versus oh this should have been a theatrical release but it just didn't have enough legs to get there you know so yeah rage and honor part two uh it's worth it's worth talking about well you've sold it to me now you've sold it to me after that story it's just like yeah i'm gonna go and check this out i'm gonna save mine for moon 44 (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) all right let's jump right into our number twos now um david are you ready for the number two (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm ready, but I'm not sure if you two are ready for this, and I really mean that. Um, I, I don't think you're ready for it. Um, I know there's been the crickets, I know there's been silence, I know there's been awkward moments when we've said the names of these things, but right, this film, both of you own this on Blu-ray, but you didn't willingly buy it. 
Oh no. Um, <laughs> Zach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach, you've uh, called this thing some zombie movie, and Corey, you finalised the conversation with, yeah, fuck that movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you trashed it. You mentioned it, and I was like, oh. And then, th- th- then the words came out afterwards, like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no. Oops. Never mind. Um, <laughs> right. There's always, there's always got to be. Warm those crickets up. Warm those crickets up. There's right. always got to be um, people in our relationship. There's always going to be a little bit of tension in there. <laughs> Keeps it spicy. Yeah, yeah possibly. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, written by Robert Scott, produced by Robert Scott, and directed by Robert Scott. 1987, The Video Dead. Hidden inside the house at 21 Shady Lane Avenue is a black and white TV with the power to turn itself on and come alive with the dead. The video dead. But for the new owners, their first warning may be too late. Why did you kill her? You don't know what you're messing with. The video dead. A new form and shape for zombie terror that invades a neighborhood and threatens the innocent, the unsuspecting, and the unbelieving. Nothing can prepare you. Nothing can save you. Nothing can stop the onslaught of the video dead. It's the late show to end them all. Look what's buried inside your TV. The video dead. Oh. Fuck, fuck that movie. <laughs> Dude, I remember watching that movie. Like, I was probably, uh, it was on Cinemax. It was on one of those things. And, and I watched that when I was like, I don't know, man, like 12, 13, 14. And the whole time I was watching that movie, at the age of 12, 13, 14, I was like, fuck this movie what the fuck is going on (laughs) all all that being said all that being said i am perfectly willing to admit that i should rewatch it and and you know give it another shot not just you but i have seen other people uh sing its praise and and as you mentioned zach and i do both own it begrudgingly on our blu-ray two-pack uh with the fair vision so there's no reason not to watch it other than fuck that movie well okay because it's almost 50 percent a pad movie already because it's in there with terror vision like physically on the disc so it's kind of got its way in there somehow yeah i think i i think that's why like part of me is is okay with it on one hand um as it's a a trash movie i think my biggest thing was like you know what screen factory would put out double discs right they would put out like a a two movies on one um the one that comes to mind is the eliminators and sword and the sorcerer and i'm like Okay, I see the connection a little bit there. And like with Video Dead I, and, and Terror Vision, I go, okay, I see the connection a little bit there. But they're two totally different movies. So I think my biggest thing was like, these don't belong together. <laughs> but, but they both have TVs in them. Yeah, see, that's, that's the connection. Uh, that is literally the connection. Right? Someone somewhere True. sat in a room and said, right, we've got this selection of movies. We need to make, we need to conjoin them somehow. Like one from here, one from here. And someone just like, a light bulb went off somewhere and they just went, TVs. 
And everyone went, good idea, good idea. And they signed it off, and then they went for it. They went for it. Um, they, were like, they were like, no further discussion needed. That's, that's perfect. Let's move forward. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move forward. <laughs> what is it about um, this movie yeah, that I, does I, it for you? It, do you know what? It's, it did, as a kid, actually creep me out. Like The whole idea about this TV set that just plays 24-7 non-stop horror movies that if you leave them on long enough, they actually come out of the screen into reality. Yeah, that's cool. uh, that, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a good idea. It's like they have lots of good ideas, but because it's so low budget, they can't really fulfill uh, the, the, the epicness of what it could be or the, or, the, or the size it could be. So they kind of keep it contained. Like The whole story is set in one house where the, the TV gets delivered by accident and yeah. there's a brother and sister and zombies get out and... Uh, and it goes into an interesting direction where, like, the brother finds a TV in the attic and he's watching a film noir. And then the woman comes out the screen and she's like this weird soulless thing. And you kind of get some backstory to it where it's like uh, a guy just who's stuck inside the TV killing these things just says, oh, yeah, there, there's there's things in here that are not like you and I, and there's been an escape and some of them are out there, you got to look after yourself. And he kind of tells him the rules. So there's this world that you kind of get a glimpse of, but it doesn't go any deeper because there's no budget to go beyond that. It's, it's just gotta be like a zombie movie, that's it. And, and it's, it kind of settles there. But honestly, that, that on the Blu-ray, we're like, um, in, in the supplementary material, there's like the, uh, um, uh, the photo gallery, so you can just flick through things, and they've got so many behind-the-scenes shots oh, uh, cool. of everything going on. Uh, but it, it's it was made on such a low budget; it was literally made on weekends by like <laughs> the filmmakers, and they got this thing out there and released. And when you see these behind-the-scenes shots, it, it it just makes you want to make a film because there's like shots of like the dolly, and it's just people pulling it along out in the like on the locations, and it was just like three-man crews and stuff. And it's it, it's the kind of film where you can see the seams, but they're really well hidden. It's it's, it's <laughs> yeah. slick. It's, it's slick for what it is. It is. It's very low budget and it's cheesy, but it, it does everything it's supposed to do. And it's and it's quite creepy. And, and, I, and over here in the UK, because um, everything was banned, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Exorcist and all this stuff. And we, we, we don't mind tits. We can have tits in things being European, but we can't have gore. Right. So the gore just got trimmed out of everything. But for some reason, the video dead, the scene, there's a scene where they cut this zombie in half and you see everything. And it's the most disgusting thing. There's like rats falling out the inside of him. And oh, that's great. Worms. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you see all this stuff and it was just left in, in the UK version of it. And it was just, and it was, a, and it was actually quite a big hit over here. Like every video store had the video Ted. It was everywhere. And because of that, because it was like this uncut thing with chainsaws and gore and everything, it became it got quite a cult classic over here. Oh yeah, um, I can see why. Yeah, well, yeah, and, yeah, and I remember, did... I remember always thinking that the cover looked cool as a yeah. kid. Um, I re yeah. I do remember some freaky visuals, and it kind of scared me. But I think ultimately I was like, oh, but they're just coming out of the TV. That's kind of stupid. But now, like hearing you explain it, and then obviously as I get older and kind of, uh, I don't know, delve into the more strange things in in reality and in the occult stuff, I'm like, okay, so the TV's more of just like a like sort of like a weird talisman sort of scenario, but it just happens mm. to be a TV. But when I was a kid, I was like, but that's stupid. But now I'm like, okay, that might be clever. And honestly, you talking about it really does make me want to go back and, and give it another shot. It's, it's completely worth it because it does. Do you know what? It's probably the only other zombie film 
that does something different with zombies, right. uh, like Return of the Living Dead did. Where yeah. Return of the Living Dead, it kind of gave them a consciousness and they ran, and they, they were different from the, the Romero zombies. And these things, um, there's a, like, like I said, there's these rules about the things that come out the TV and what the TV is all about. But with the zombies, it's like they're, they're actually, they're fine. They will leave humans alone until you show them that you're scared. And once you show them that you're scared of them, then they'll attack you. Hmm. And they're scared of mirrors. They're scared of their own images. There's this whole thing you can keep a zombie back with a mirror in this film. And there's a really nice scene where they're, uh, there's like a, the kid in the movie and there's this old Texan guy that turns up and he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, I know what your problem is, kid. It's the video dead. And Jesus <laughs> Christ, okay. It's a bit on the nose, but okay. So they go out in the sticks with shotguns and chainsaws and they string up uh, copper bells in like a circle uh, around the woods. And then the rules are whenever the, the bells start ringing, the dead are near. And it's just things like that that have cool. never been done. with. That's... Yeah, yeah, there's just nice little things that are done with zombies that have just never been done before in anything else. It's, it's an original take on, on the zombie in a way. Hmm. Oh, I can, uh, yeah. Color me intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> it's I totally don't... worth it. It is. And that's what broke my heart because like, I, I loved just listening to you guys talk about stuff and we've got so much in common. And when you was talking about television, you were like, oh yeah, we've got the Shout Factory disc and there's some other movie on there. And he's like, oh yeah, the video dead. Oh yeah, fuck <laughs> that movie. And my heart was just broken into like, no! <laughs> well, in all, in all fairness too, I think it was more just uh, our, 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 our feelings that television should have got it, its own single release on yeah. its own oh yeah and, for sure uh and that that we didn't want it tainted by um you know a, a, another masterpiece uh of cinema <laughs> uh, video dead well i mean I, I i will watch it too uh will i watch it in the near future probably not however uh you know we both own it so yeah it, it could yeah. I, I, I would suggest a, a, a 2 a.m. Halloween 2 a.m. Movie. Yeah. It's a late night movie. Coming up to Halloween, you know, just stick something on early hours in the morning and watch it. And that's the best time. Oh, the video dude, dead. yeah, dude. There's so many that are like that where it, it's so bad. But if you put it on at a certain time, you're a little lucid, you know, where uh, you don't need to be educated yeah. or, or, you know, whatever. Or, uh, or just or with a certain amount of uh, THC in your blood uh, might, yes. might make it more. <laughs> 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 oh boy oh, shit. <laughs> uh, should 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 we uh should we jump into number Corey's number two now yes Let's sir do who does your um, number two work for Corey? i've been wanting to say that all day by the way <laughs> <laughs> um all right guys this one um actually uh, uh this was a last minute uh switcheroo on my on my part um i had originally zombie 2 on there and i was like i love that movie but i was like i think that's just me showing off for these guys let me go honestly what i what i think you know was probably more influential when i was younger and that is <laughs> with famous lines like kaneda and tetsuo i'm talking about the 1988 akira neo tokyo is about to explode. Streamline Pictures presents a state-of-the-art adventure, Akira.
Ooh. and that was for me the introduction to I guess I guess next level uh, anime because I grew up loving like Robotech. I was a big Robotech fan as a kid. I used to rent the VHS tapes here, uh, you know, way when we were you know long time ago, and it would only be like one or two episodes, like one or two 30 minute episodes on the actual cassette tapes. You got nothing. You'd have to rent like five of them at a time just to get like a half a day's worth of viewing. But um, Akira just really just showed me like, holy crap, like what you can do, where you can go with this and how like how serious this other culture, you know, takes animation versus, you know, my culture growing up in America. We think that animation is more for kids, Disney, yada, yada, yada. But I was like, oh, wow, you know, over in Japan, it's actually taken very seriously. It's a, it's a form of art. It's a form of, you know, storytelling. And Akira still holds up well today. I think the animation is bananas. Um, and I still love it today. I still watch it uh, probably once a year. I still have oh, the wow. clamshell DVD. And uh, I, I, I feel like I, I feel like I hear that the Blu-ray doesn't have the same voice actors and usually i like to go you know with the original you know japanese voice actors but at this point the the original american voice actors were are such a part of my nostalgia that i kind of want them um but yeah it's something i need to upgrade to on blu-ray uh, asap but it's a beautiful movie and uh, i love it I, and it honestly and it really changed my world but i guess i never really thought of it as a as a straight to video movie but i guess here in the states it probably was maybe it had a limited release i, I don't know yeah, if anything, I think it was a uh, art house uh, release, and it would get art house releases throughout. But I don't ever think it was released theatrically in a wide yeah. sense. So, yeah, I, I, I think it was uh, like you say, it was like an art house thing. I, I, I mean, back in the day, some of those things. It was. I, I read a book once that said um, it was quite interesting. It was talking about film distribution. And Roger Corman, strangely enough, he did distribute some of these like manga films um, out like under a completely different name. It was just something that he did. He was like, I want people to see these things. Like he had something to do with putting out Perfect Blue as well. Oh, I remember um, that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, that was something to do with him. But yeah, um, uh, Akira, that was um, over. I mean, we were kind of lucky in a way over here because like at one point in time, and it made life simpler when we had, we just had four TV channels. And it was literally, it, it was like everyone had the same thing to talk about. What did you watch last night? And you had like a one in four chance if someone watched the same thing as you with four channels. So you could always talk about the same kind of thing. And Channel 4 was like, well, at the time, back in the 80s and 90s, it was like this weird, edgy, alternative kind of station to anything else. And they used to play uh, like mangas uh, all night long. And that's where I first saw Akira. It was just like literally on TV at like one in the morning. Mm, and they just played it cool. through the night. And, and it, was yeah, it cut it up was, at all, or was it uh, was it you know fully no, everything? It was it was weird. It was yeah. It was it was uncut. It was definitely uncut because they put it on so late. It was like the censors back then didn't know what to think of it because it was like oh it's a cartoon so yeah. it's not really violent so uh, what can we do with it? It it was it, it's when things start getting a bit hentai. It all starts going wrong. It's like okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to take the scissors to this now. It's yeah, like, this isn't looking good. <laughs> and I yeah, love that, it when they they insert like unnecessary nudity into the anime like they. Did did with the Street Fighter 2 uh, animated movie. Uh, and I love how the like the special unrated uh, version came with the Chun-Li shower scene. And of course I had to see, you know, that one, but yeah, like totally unnecessary. Like, and you would never, I would never imagine that Capcom would let their brand, uh, you know, be portrayed that way uh, now. Uh, it, 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 
there's some weird shit out there. There's some real weird shit out there. I think the weirdest thing I've ever... I'm glad this isn't a, like a PG show because like this is the most bizarre thing ever. But during the 2000s, the early 2000s, when Transformers was kind of... It was kind of a dead franchise at the time. It was before the Michael Bay films and anything else. Um, there was this... It was like a Japanese series. I think it was just comic books and figures. And it was called Transformers Kiss Players. And okay. it started... Do you know about this thing? No. No. Oh, okay, okay. Um, well, it's, it literally started the second after Transformers the movie. Galvatron falls to Earth and he needs energy. And this is a, an official thing that Hasbro, Hasbro wrote off. Like This is, at the time, canon for Transformers in one wow. way, shape or form. And Galvatron fell to Earth and he needed Energon. And he found out that he could get the same kind of energy from a certain kind of juice produced <laughs> by women when they're turned on. Oh, my and God. I'm being serious. And the other Transformers figured this out, too. So their pilots, when they got inside the vehicles, they started doing some humping and grinding on those seats. And the Transformers got energized from it. And this is canon. And Hasbro's let this go through. Wow. <laughs> I, after we get off this uh, phone call, I am going to uh, quickly <laughs> do a Google. I am, I am in so intrigued by this. Um, I I love hentai. Uh, wow. Growing up as a kid, um, going to comic book conventions was my main way of actually getting any kind of like porn. So like I mm. like uh, besides you know the Cinemax stuff, I was always uh, looking for the hentai stuff or more. Like, I like the Western stuff here in America, but, like the adult cartoons. So that sounds right up my alley. <laughs> from any age from 13 <laughs> to 42, I am always down to see. Some some Transformers having sex with some girls. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most bizarre thing ever. I remember finding it was in the 2000s. I found this. It was just like because because like back then it was there was nothing. There it was just like a void after Transformers, like the Beast Beast Wars and all yeah. that business. It was yeah. like there was there was nothing. And then yeah, this thing was like a Japanese exclusive, and it was just I, I remember reading it. Just my jaw just hitting the floor, just looking at these <laughs> panels like. Oh my fucking god! Is this real? This is real. This is real. And it's like wow. the Hasbro's, Hasbro sticker on it and everything. Yeah, it's wow. that happened. That happened. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, so we know what Corey's going to be doing for the yeah. rest of the day now. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you uh, if you see the do not disturb sign on his window, you know what's going on. If, uh, if this studio's rocking, don't come and knocking. All I have to say to that is. Uh, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus! God. Oh my God! Oh Zach, do you want to go into your number two, or do you have anything else to add? Sure. To sure. I mean, I was I was just gonna say I I I love Akira as well, and it's a solid pick. Uh, but you I don't. Great pick, and <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> wow. uh, all right, folks, the rails are off completely. I love it. Um, that's why David is perfect for our show because it's just like the the, the knowledge dropping is is unreal. It, it's as uh, as as the kids I, say. I'm not sure if this is the kind of knowledge I should be sharing publicly, but anyway, we're, I, it's, it's you, fine. It's fine. You're, the audience that this is going out to is going to appreciate it. So <laughs> somebody help me now. Yes, we got the W uh, sleazy D now, so we yeah. got sleazy <laughs> C, C and D. Yeah, G, so you know, we, uh, yeah. So okay. Uh, my number two 
is uh, in the animation world as well, believe it or not. And it is the 1987 straight to video release. And I say that knowing the trailer even says exclusive to home video. And it was later released on television. That's where I saw it for the first time. But the 1987 exclusive to home video, G.I. Joe the movie. America's number one superhero team explodes in the home video screen in their very first major motion picture blockbuster, G.I. Joe the movie. Premiering exclusively on home video, this brand new multi-million dollar film extravaganza is a masterpiece in mind-blowing animation techniques that make this feature unlike any G.I. Joe you've ever seen. Along with all the regular G.I. Joe superhero favorites, this high-gloss spectacle introduces a whole new cast of kinetic characters that are sure to be a hit with kids across the country. You have nothing to fear but Falcon himself. Miami Vice super cop Don Johnson stars as the voice of Lieutenant Falcon, the playboy whose shenanigans land him in the slaughterhouse. I've been expecting you. Ruled by who else but that patriotic pain? the incredibly awesome Sergeant Slaughter. You're going to war till you wish you were dead. Then it's off to Cobra Land, where the terrifying Galobolus, brilliantly voiced by Burgess Meredith, reveals his plan to destroy the minds of every human on Earth. This visible planet will be ours. <laughs> now, right in their own homes, kids everywhere can see if G.I. Joe can still save the day in this high-budget, high-voltage film showcase of their all-time favorite superheroes. And this is for the U.S. Army! Fasten your seatbelt for the supercharged motion picture debut of G.I. Joe, the movie. Oh, damn. Yeah. Good call. This is... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, as as everyone well knows, Transformers, the movie, did not do as well theatrically as they had intended. G.I. Joe, the movie, was going to be released theatrically, but it was not. Um, Corey, did you go with me to the Egyptian to see the double feature? I don't think you did. No, no, I didn't. I haven't, I've never seen G.I. Joe, the movie on the big screen. Uh, I believe I saw Transformers, the movie in the theater, but I didn't see G.I. Joe, the movie recently or anything. I, I loved it as a kid. I loved it when they would, uh, kind of break it up on TV, you know, and put yeah. it into individual episodes. Yeah. Um, I do believe they probably cut the, the Duke part out, right? No. So, so, I mean, that was the big controversy, right? So, uh, fortunately, a few years back, I had the privilege of seeing Transformers the movie and G.I. Joe the movie on the big screen at the Egyptian in Hollywood. And then they did a Q&A with all the voice actors and um, uh, directors and all that stuff afterwards, which was really, really cool. And one of the things they talked about was, first of all, Duke was intended to die just like Optimus died in Transformers the movie. But again, uh, because because there was so much backlash with Transformers the movie, they in post, uh, you know, when Serpentor throws his his uh, snake at Duke's chest and there's blood, I that was not edited from what I recall on TV. But then the uh, famous, infamous voiceover, he's gone into a coma, you know, yeah. after he says, yo, Joe. And mm. at the end, the, the off-camera voiceover of Doc saying, uh, Duke's going to make it. He's going to have a full recovery. So don't worry, everybody. This movie isn't about Falcon anymore. It's back on Duke. So, I, I mean, showing it to my now six-year-old son uh, he, the other day, I was reminded of how amazing it is, the animation, the storytelling, 
um, the creativity, the backstory that in many ways reminds me a little bit of what Masters of the Universe did with the He-Man characters uh, in the 2000 series, where they kind of gave you this highly detailed backstory after the characters had already been established, essentially, right? Yeah. With, with uh, Cobra Commander being a part of a, an ancient race from outer space. So, in fact, he's an alien, uh, which is really badass. I mean, the movie's just, it holds up. It, it, it's a it's a classic uh, American animation. Well, they probably made it in Jap- Japan, probably, at this point. Yeah. Um, I, I used to love uh, Nemesis Enforcer. I was yes. a huge fan of that guy. And even to this day, if I if I see the word Nemesis, I can't help but, like, you know, put in the Enforcer, <laughs> you know, afterwards. So I I love that movie, man. As a kid, I thought that was it was great. I kind of – I think I kind of liked the Transformers one uh, better. Yeah. Um, but I, I was a huge Joe fan, so this was right up my alley. And so, yeah. It's understandable. Yeah. Like, I, they're two totally different movies, I think, in a way. Um, but but this also equally had an amazing voiceover cast. Yeah. And uh, and it was a nice button on the series. But that's my two cents. Yeah, that was it was it was. Do you know about it was rebranded G.I. Joe's Action Force here in the yes. UK? Do you know about yes. that? Yeah. 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 That. Yep. yeah. Yeah. It, it was a completely different thing because I don't think the, the, the cartoon show actually played on TV. Like, I never okay. saw it on TV once as a kid, anyway. Oh, wow. um, and you could you could only get the, like, VHS tapes of certain episodes. It's like Action Force, uh, one-hour special, 60 minutes of action and all this kind of stuff. And so I saw, like, a handful of episodes. And then, the, like, like with you guys, the movie just came out on VHS. And I was just shocked. Like, only seen, I mean, imagine you've seen four episodes and you think, oh, yeah, I know what G.I. Joe Action Force is. I know what this thing is. Then <laughs> yeah. you see the movie and it's like, what the hell? And it just turned into some weird Cronenberg body horror thing with like Cobra Commander turning into like yeah. a lizard and just like slithering off somewhere. And I, I, I honestly couldn't believe it. Honestly, when I, when I watch that film, I think through it now. And when I think about it now, it's just absolutely bizarre. That it's really dark. G.I. Joe, the movie. Yeah, it really is. I mean, Transformers, the movie is dark in a way with like seeing all your cartoon heroes uh, melted at the end in such Unicron. That was <laughs> yeah. like, absolutely yeah. just, just disturbing. Absolutely disturbing seeing that. But G.I. Joe is kind of, it's, it's like action heroes put into a horror film. Yeah. Oh, totally that, and even the, the land I didn't even as a kid I didn't even like looking at the landscapes yeah like like this like ethereal kind of Lucio Fulci uh the beyond backgrounds totally. like, with, with all these weird creatures living in there it was it was kind of like a Lovecraftian thing with G.I. Joe and then that it, did it yeah. really did get to me it did as a kid and it, I think it, it wasn't something I went back to constantly. It was like, oh, yeah, that that's quite scary, actually. <laughs> and I think positive. that kind of like barred me a little bit from from enjoying it as much as Transformers, because like, you know, you, you say that, yeah, when you see them getting eaten and, and melted in, in Unicron, but also at the same time, you, there's a disconnect because, you know, they're not human or it's whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, completely. Yeah. Whereas this like when when you, you did, I think it was like, well, obviously, Cobra Commander freaked me out, but then they, they kind of showed you what would happen if the spores were you know, yeah. unleashed and everything. Everyone was like turning into monsters. Yeah. I was like, as a kid, I was like, that's kind of freaky. Although you watch it now, you realize, okay, they're really setting the stakes to be really high on this, which is yeah. cool. But man, when you're hmm. a kid, that's freaky as hell. Like for realsies. It, it actually freaked oh. out Bodhi quite a bit because yeah. of obviously because yeah. of COVID right now, Co- Bodhi was like, wait, virus? 
uh, spores. Oh, no. And, and he, oh, so no. It wasn't this episode, but it was another episode we watched uh, of the series a little while back where he where he was he had uh, nightmares that night because he, he was afraid that he was going to get attacked by, you know, uh, the Cobra was going to send a virus into, you know. Is that the episode where Shipwreck is like under the influence or something and then everyone melts, you know, around him because no. they're trying to – you know what episode I'm talking I, I, about. I do. I hated do. that episode as a kid. Scared the shit out of me. Well, but yeah. on the other hand – I do know that apple seeds are poisonous if you eat too many of them because they led that giant biological organism that Cobra created to a, an, uh, an apple orchard patch. Yep. And they're like, if you eat enough apple seeds, it's poisonous. So I, to this day, remember <laughs> that because of G.I. Joe. Yeah, look, it it is highly influential, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and, and, and there, the series itself was was had some really dark moments. Yeah, not just those those that you mentioned, but there was one where I think it's called A World Without End, where they go into an alternate universe yes. and three of the Joes stay there. They don't they don't because they see their dead bodies on the ground. Yeah. And, and it's it's some of the three of the originals. It's Clutch, uh, Steeler and Grunt. And they stay behind to uh, to basically fight on in yeah. the alternate universe so shit like that you know and, and what a cool like high concept that, that is much more like uh, people will accept it more now this whole alternate dimension thing and we're all living on just everything's different dimensions and stuff yeah. but yet gi joe was da you know dabbling into that in the 80s and that episode i love it was one of my all-time favorite That's episodes because they go to this alternate reality where cobra wins and yep. yeah you see the skeleton of like gung-ho there and stuff and they decide to stay behind man like but you think about it now it's like what a high high concept concept that is and and something mm -hmm. that like they were trying to push something forward that no one was talking about back then except for like comic books and stuff but now it's mainstream you know that's really freaking cool yeah yeah and david these, like these guys who were doing all this stuff the guys who were writing all this stuff back then you would you were talking about guys that were really influenced by like 60s and 70s yeah. science fiction novels yeah and uh, they they took so much of that then sunk it into like gi joe and he-man and especially real ghostbusters like mm -hmm. uh, you got uh, michael straczynski writing yep. that and um he, he i mean he's friends with uh, uh harlan ellison who was a massive writer in oh, the 70s yeah, cool. doing this really like alternative off the wall kind of stuff and um even now straczynski he he puts out quite uh, a lot of horror novels he's done quite a few in the past and you read that stuff and you're thinking yeah this guy's got this dark mind that's capable of doing this these horror novels and he was writing he wrote the best episodes of the real ghostbusters yeah so all these guys had this well of influence from like the 50s 60s and 70s when they've been growing yeah. up and it was just kind of poured into all these like uh, all these um, um franchises of, of kids toys over the 80s and we're just digesting <laughs> this stuff like wow this is like everything we're talking about is like it's, it's pure horror and i think this is why um, the Action Force G.I. Joe TV series wasn't really readily available in the UK. I think it was, I, I, I think that they kind of saw it as like, well, this is like pretty hardcore, you know, this isn't just your normal kind of silly cartoon. It's that we, we can't really put this out for kids because I honestly don't remember seeing it anywhere uh, like on TV. And it does make me think with the things that go in there, the kind of themes we're talking about, whether or not that was a deciding factor not to have it out there. I mean, in, in my country, we, we banned um, episodes of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles if Michelangelo used his nunchucks too much because nunchucks oh. are an illegal weapon oh, and yeah. we, we, they just cut anything to do with Michelangelo out 
So if you've got like G.I. Joe with people melting into the floor, I think the, I think the sense is like, yeah, yeah, fuck this shit. Well, and I just wanted yeah. to ask a quick question. Did the and I know like, you know, our, obviously our countries have are, have no beef with each other. We're cool. But like, is it because it was such like a pro Yojo USA thing? Did that just not play really well over there? You know, it's, it's did you know what? I think part of that could be true. Um I think it could be true because I know um, I keep want to say police story, Christmas story. Christmas story is the one with Zach Ward, isn't it? Yes. It is yes. Christmas story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was getting confused then. Um, that film's not really popular here. It's really not that popular. It's not like one of those go-to Christmas films. It's hardly ever been on TV. Um, and when people talk about it, and I've seen this in conversation, they're like, oh, yeah, have you seen Christmas Story? And they're like, no, I don't think it, I've seen that. What's it about? And it's like, oh, it's, it's about this kid who really wants a gun for Christmas. <laughs> and then people kind of look and they're like, is this American? And it's like, yeah. yeah. And they're like, no, I've never seen it. <laughs> and, it and it is that, I, I think it's that kind of thing that doesn't really play so well in the yeah. UK, maybe. Yeah, it's just, it's just that thing. I, I think most things cross over really well. But I think in that kind of stuff is, it's kind of like an oddity in a way. And like like you're saying, like the whole Go USA thing and Go Joe yeah. thing, is, it's, it's weird. It's weird. Like I saw it and I liked what I saw. So I'm sure other kids would have. But I think the people who kind of pulled the strings were like, eh, this isn't going to work. And so they didn't even try to let it work, if you know what I mean. I think it is also extremely violent, too. And like when you're saying about the, yeah. the you know, the nunchucks uh, banning two episodes of that, like this every episode, something's blowing up every episode. There is guns flying. Every, so every episode yeah. at the end, I'm like saying to Bodhi, OK, you do know guns are not guns are not cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah. no one dies. Everyone parachutes out. Uh, even in even in uh, G.I. Joe, the movie. No one. You never see anyone die. The, yeah. the worst thing you see is uh, Duke take a snake to the heart and globulus get a spear in his eyeball so uh oh, yeah, yeah. you know that's that that, and that was kind of the coup de gras but um I, and and i will say before we jump into our ones yo joe uh i am gonna <laughs> say that uh, uh do we have any honorable mentions david do you have any honorable mentions before we uh like one or two honorable mentions Hot yeah, take. I've got I've got a couple down here. I've got a couple down here. Um, the Rejuvenator, 1989. Oh yeah, I mm. remember that movie. <laughs> I remember the poster. The poster is disgusting. That film is disgusting. This is why I put it on here because that is the most. It's got the kind of it's got wet gore in it. Do you know what yes. I mean by that? It's, yeah. It's that, yeah. It's that. Do not eat before, after, during, within 24 hours of watching this film because this thing will. Oh, it's just. It's just foul. Yes. Everything is every every effect is foul. Um, if, if if you want to throw up, watch Rejuvenator. <laughs> it's, it's probably good for that. If you you know if you feel terrible and you just need to get that out there, just Rejuvenate. Throw that on, and <laughs> trust hilarious. me, you'll be throwing up. That that do the trick. Um, yeah, gross. So yeah, Rejuvenator. That's a good one to watch. Nice, nice. And uh, Spookies, uh, which oh. I think it came out in the theater in the states. Yeah, I think uh, it did, but it's very limited. The guys in the theater. Yeah, uh, I like that film, and uh, I'm over the years I've become friends with one of the uh, special effects guys who worked on it. Uh, shout out to our Megalachetti uh, in LA. Nice, he's a buddy of mine. Um, yeah, he's a good guy, and uh, it, I, he actually gave me because it was chopped to pieces. Like the producer took the 
film away from the filmmakers and just made his own thing out of it. And um, Al actually gave me a copy of the original script. And you read the original script, it's like, oh, cool. oh, this could have been really good. This this was actually made sense. This 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 was worth making. And then when you see the final thing, you're like, ah, it was okay. It was it was what it was. I so, I do always yeah, I do love the cover of it. Um, the the with the girl, the the very voluptuous girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's weird because. Uh, the face behind her looks different art style. She almost looks uh, like 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 Richard Corbin drew her or something. Um, is that his name from uh, Den, who did Den and and uh, Heavy Metal? Um, is that That's Richard? right. Yeah. 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 She, it almost looks like he drew the the stuff in the front, or he drew the woman, and then every I don't know, but I think it looks cool because I've always I've also always been a fan of Richard Corbin. So the the cover for Spookies has always uh, kind of intrigued me. I've never seen it, but it pops up regularly on like Instagram. People post. Posting it maybe because of a, a, a version just came out about six months ago. I'm thinking um, there's a vinegar record. syndrome release. It was the Ye first official release of it since the VHS back in the 80s. So that was like kind of a big deal that was going on. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Okay. So so that must have been why it was popping up a lot recently. But uh, the <laughs> for obvious reasons the cover caught my eye and uh, and I've been you know it's been on my mental you know to get to one of these days. Is the vinegar syndrome the original theatrical release? or did they you know tweak it in in, in any way no but it's, it's the original theatrical release but the problem with the original theatrical release it is literally two movies smashed together yeah. because it, yeah. i mean we could have a whole podcast talking about this thing and i was kind of involved in another podcast talking about this thing <laughs> because it's controversy on top of controversy on top of controversy well, hey, why don't you uh, uh why don't you I, plug, plug the other podcast for us then yeah, uh, the other podcast is it was an episode of Radio Drome that came out about eight months ago, nine months ago. Whenever, whenever this disc came out, uh, it was around then. And we had Al on the show who worked, uh, like I say, who did the special effects. And uh, basically, the, the biggest controversy about the whole thing, it was made by a bunch of people and funded by an English guy, an English film backer. And then he kind of um, was told... Uh, persuaded, should we say, by a, a, a fairly well-known porn star that, yeah, this film's <laughs> terrible and you, you need someone to like go back in there and redirect it and do some film some new scenes and, and cut it together. And he said, well, who could I get to do that? And she's like, well, do, do you know that I'm actually a filmmaker and an editor and a director and I could go back in there. If you, if you just give me some money and you know, and she persuaded him in whatever ways the porn star would persuade the guy. <laughs> and, uh, and and she got the gig to film like 20 minutes worth of new film uh, scenes that were completely unnecessary to the oh, film. Man. And this is, yeah, and, it, and it's just turned into this hodgepodge of, of literally one, th like they had the whole film and then they cut 20 minutes out of the film to replace it with inferior footage. Wow. Uh, and and yeah, it, it, it just go into like, Honestly, get the Vinegar Syndrome disc and watch the documentary on there and, look, and have a look at some of the other stuff around the net about this thing. Because people are still feuding over this thing today. People have got knives drawn, ready to sink into someone else's <laughs> yeah. back. And honestly, there's the controversy with this thing. I mean, I got involved in this podcast and that ended up kicking up uh, in some ways because I, I didn't know this at the time, but Al wasn't involved with actually doing... Uh, the Blu-ray, even though he was the guy that was involved in loads of the special effects and he was cut out by someone else in the production who was like, oh, he doesn't want to talk to you about this. 
And uh, and wow. I said, oh, look, this, and I told him, I go, oh, yeah, did you hear about Spookies is coming out? And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, it's coming out, like this vinegar syndrome. And he's like, why do I know nothing about this? And it just turned, just this whole thing just snowballed into something else. And this is why this <laughs> other podcast kind of happens. Like, wow. okay, yeah, like, I kind of wish I hadn't said anything now, but never mind, <laughs> you would have found out. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a bizarre film. It's a, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's totally, it's worth finding, though. It's fun. It's like Video Dead, three. AM coming up to Halloween, <laughs> throw this thing on, and you'll have a good time. You'll have a good time. It's worth a laugh. Uh, I'm sensing uh, a theme. I'm sensing a theme with a lot of your movies. <laughs> well, they're complete shit unless you watch yeah, them. No, no. <laughs> come on, video straight to video. It's the good, the bad, the everything else in between. So, uh, what's your what's your other hot pick? Honorable mention. My other honorable mention. If I if I can mention this, can I actually mention uh, a book? two books which sure, is probably sure. kind of tie sure. into like everything that we're talking about yeah and uh, like you say all this stuff before there was imdb and the internet and you found all this stuff out and i don't know if you guys have ever heard of these books but um there's a guy named michael j weldon who wrote two books and one of them's called the psychotronic film guide and the other yeah. one's called the psychotronic video guide if you yep. heard i own those yeah yes fantastic yeah there you go you you know exactly what i'm talking about these totally. things well we used we used to call it uh, i had it one of my friends had it who loved films and we just referred to it as the bible let's get the bible out and just yeah. find a film in there and then, and then we'd actually go out into the wild and we'd look for things like oh have you got headhunter oh have you, have you got like uh, did you know what i mean just any weird with the video dead everything else um if, if you're into director video and, and odd films the psychotronic video and film guide that just just you need those in your life absolutely Definitely. totally agree nice okay i'll have to next time i'm hanging out with old zach i'll uh, have to check it out peruse it <laughs> I, w- I will bring him up i'll bring him up with me when uh, when we come and visit nice nice all right i'll uh, i'll do my honorable mentions real quick um my first one no reason other than i remember the cover i remember renting it and enjoying it but i remember nothing about it so i couldn't really put it on the list and that is 1991's the borrower Thanks to Warlock and Hellraiser, the horror genre is hot again. Isn't that something? Now, from the critically acclaimed director of Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, comes The Borrower, a new kind of horror film. There ain't nobody gonna believe this. An alien serial killer from another universe comes to Earth. You are weird. Weird. It's the monster. And Ray Don Chong is the detective who must find him. Oh, my God. Not since Reanimator has there been such a movie. The Borrower, the ultimate head trip. Kind of cute. Kind of. John McNaughton's The Borrower. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's great. I love that film. <laughs> With uh, Ray, Ray Dong Chong is in it and uh, uh, Tom Towles, who I love uh, from... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Night of the Living Dead remake. So he's he's great. Oh, he's, in that. he's he's brilliant in that film. Oh my god, and he's I love that really movie. That is that honestly that is one of my all time favorite movies. Uh, I think the the only reason we haven't done it on the show yet is because I, we're just waiting for an awesome version of it uh, to come out. You know, like an Arrow or something. But I yeah. love Night of the Living I know, Dead. There's a work print. That, yeah, that's another one that has a, a fabled. I don't know if you've uh, ever seen that. Yeah. yeah. 
it has it has a like yeah it has a fabled you know better version to it everyone talks about um i i've, I've never seen it i mean I, I love what's there i already love you know the movie itself um hopefully whenever we get a, an awesome release um by whomever then they'll they'll do something with that work print but i i remember enjoying the borrower but not enough to put it on the list because i, I just couldn't remember that much about it so um and then i'll go with the worst straight to video uh movie i've ever seen and uh as you know uh, i was and so was zach but we were both uh huge uh, adventures of ford fairlane fans growing up as a kid and oh, God. i was <laughs> i know we're going and i was more than excited <laughs> to rent brain smasher a love story it blossomed on the remote mountains of the east the man who takes the petals of the red lotus into his body becomes gifted with unimaginable powers it traveled to the distant shores of the west sam where's the package i asked you to bring i forgot it she's a model a world-class scientist has taken it when we are this close to ultimate power some foreign devil stumbles across the red lotus and steals it away an oriental cult is after it so what's with the ninjas? I told you they're Chinese monks. Ninjas are Japanese. And the high-priced model is about to get it. Why don't you tell us again why these uh, Chinese ninjas are at I told you twice already. They want the flower. Tell us where the flower is hidden and walk away in one piece. Now, only one man has got what it takes. I got charm, <laughs> flesh, <laughs> charisma, you know, I got a mirror above my bed, so I'm the first one I see when I get up in the morning, eh? To save her precious hide. Jump! Jump! The day I was born. Do you believe me now? These ninjas are killers. You're not ninjas. I'll take you to the cops. That's as far as I go. The cops aren't going to do anything. There's no law against being a ninja. Those ninjas wiped out a club. I think there's a law against that. I'll pay you. $300. Make it fast. Done. In case those maniacs show up again, you gotta be prepared. Possession of the Red Lotus will make me the most powerful man on Earth. I do not want to be a Kung Fu thug forever. I, too, have ambition. Those guys wiped down an entire police station without even building up a sweat. Dad, I can't, I can't believe how you took I can't go up against that. You move, you die. Those guys catch bullets. But we can beat them. Do you know who this is? This is the Brain Smasher. He hates Kung Fu. In fact, he thinks it's for wimps. Oh, what, what are you talking? I was just tiny. I love that stuff. Uh, Chuck Norris, I got all the movies, you know. I can't believe I finally care about someone and he's gonna die before I get a chance to sleep with him. Andrew Dice Clay. You're gonna have his babies, right? We just met. I thought you said you loved him. We're gonna talk about it right here, right now. Terry Hatcher. Now you release that or I'll blow your ninja butt to hell. We are not ninjas. If I say you're ninjas, then you're ninjas. Brain Smasher. A love story. A wolf. And a story. And oh, much to man. me and my friend Jason's chagrin, it was the worst movie that either of us have ever seen in our lives with the worst soundtrack I've ever heard in my entire yeah. life. Some lady some lady sings in, during over the whole movie is the worst singing I've ever heard. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay is absolutely terrible. And I, that's when I realized I was like, OK, you know, I think I just like I think I just like the adventures of Ford Fairlane. I don't think I don't know if I actually like Andrew Dice Clay, but uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> that movie's terrible. That movie is unbridled trash. <laughs> well, he he's a he he's actually a really good actor. And yeah, he's he, just, yeah, It was such a shame that uh, and, and it's in an Albert Pune film. Uh, so it, it had like the cylinders going. It just it, it just was a it ended, yeah. It's a stinky piece of shit. It's so. a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. It, it, Albert Pune's films kind of they've got all the, glo- the gloss on the on the top level, but everything below is just like running on fumes, isn't it? Yeah, that's how a lot of them feel. Yeah, one of my one of my uh, honorable mentions is a, is a Pune film. So uh, and yeah, he Pune is um, I feel like I, th- I think. Uh, yeah, on paper his stuff sounds really amazing, and then you watch it and you go, "Oh, this is, ooh, yeah, ooh, ooh. yeah, a lot of, a lot of cringe going on." Uh, I do want to. I do want to say. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. No, no, go, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I'm, we, we all definitely feel the same about Cyborg, and I know that comes up quite <laughs> a lot, like, definitely. Yeah, but you did know, you know that there's a, um, uh, I think it's a German uh, DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah, called Slinger. Do you know about yep. the Slinger cut? Do you know about yep. this? Slinger yeah, cut. yeah. Have, I, have I've seen, seen it on thing? eBay. I've seen it on eBay, and I and I'm tempted to buy it, but then again, I'm tempted not to as well. <laughs> it's kind of as a curio piece. Yeah, it's fine, but it doesn't make it any better. It just doesn't. <laughs> no, it, it, I, it, it's it's just not there. That movie should have gone straight to video. That that the perfect oh, that's a perfect example of a movie that should have gone. Like it's too bad that. Uh, it did get a theatrical release when some of these movies could have gotten a th- theatrical release and done quite well, I think. Um, and, and and going back to your Borrower movie, that's directed by John McNaughton, who did Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer and Wild Things, which is probably one of the trashiest mainstream movies of the mm. 90s. Yeah. Um, but so it's like across the board, kind of an A-list, A-list B film, if you yeah. will. So, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay, you guys ready for my uh, my, my my honorables? I, I, yes. I don't know. I don't know. Hang on, <laughs> let me just try, try and calm myself down for this. Well, okay, <laughs> this, this, this is all good. All right, okay. I'm you re- ready? I'm ready, ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Well, I, I was going to say uh, I had quite a few Pune films on my original list, uh, you know, and, and then I whittled them down to one. I'm like, if I could pick one Pune film, what would it be? And it is the 1991. Uh, actually, I'm going to save that one for a second. Because it kind of leads into my 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 number one. Um, I'm gonna go with my my first honorable mention is the 1992 horror film Happy Hell Night. What happened on that dark night many years ago? What really happened? Who was that man locked up in the asylum? He's the bugs in there, I suppose. Nothing here lives like that. 25 years. Is he really a man? Or is he a ghoul? The town holds a special night once a year. And the kids get to play all sorts of games. What do you know about five Delta brothers being murdered in Winfield Cemetery? What we raised was the personification of evil. What does all that have to do with this inmate? It's here. It's here because of my past. Everybody's dead! Oh my God! Open the door, man! Here! Happy Hell Night. Fun games of a different 
if you've never seen that one, um, Sam Rockwell is in it. Uh, it's one of his first movies he's ever done. That's kind of like its claim to fame. Fangoria would always say, you know, you know, uh, look at the actors now in the movies they were in back in the day. And Sam Rockwell was in Happy Hell Night. It's it's not very good. Uh, shocker. But the concept is great. It's about this psycho priest that goes on a murdering spree. Um, and the, the 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 killer, the creeper is so terrifying to look at uh, and he moves so methodically. This is a late night scared the shit out of you if you are inebriated kind of movie. Um, but Happy Hell Night, I don't know if either of you have seen it. Uh, it I, don't, I haven't seen this one, no. Oh, you should check it out. I think I think you re- actually, I think Kino might have put out a disc of it recently, a Blu-ray. There is a Blu-ray out okay. there. It's uh, I, I'm tempted to buy it as well because I'm just like, eh, I think I need to own this movie. The images look awesome, dude. I've never even heard of it. I don't even recognize the cover. And I'm looking through it. There's like a skinny bald guy with black eyes. That's pretty He's freaking villain. cool. That's, yeah, yeah, that's Zachary. That's the psycho priest Zachary. Um, that's cool. Okay, yeah. that looks really cool, dude. Yeah, it's worth it's worth checking out. I haven't watched it in forever. Um, I'm tempted to watch it again just to see if it holds up. Maybe it'll wind up on one of our episodes. Who knows? Um and then my number, my other honorable mention, yeah, like I said, Pune Film. Uh, as you guys know, I love Full Moon Entertainment. It is uh, the the mecca for all things uh, straight to video. And the 1991 film Man. On the planet Arcturus, he's the toughest cop around. You want, asshole? Nothing. You're just gonna walk away? On the planet Earth, he's 13 inches tall. Oh, fuck! That's about the size of it. Can we keep it? All me together. I'm going to war. With who? The fucking doll man. Who else? Are you in the wrong neighborhood? Urban fucking renewal. Dollman, 13 inches with an attitude. Dollman's a classic. It's got Tim Thomerson, one of my favorite actors of all the times. You, you love your Tim Thomerson? Love my TT. And, uh, <laughs> I love Tim Thomerson. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love have, you ever seen the Twilight, have you ever seen the new Twilight Zone episode with Tim Thomerson? No, he's in the new series? No, no, no. The, oh, the new Twilight Zone. This is, you can just tell I'm living in the past. The, no, the okay. new 80s series of the Twilight Oh, nice. Zone. No, no, but I'm sure that's it's terrible. great. That's so bad, isn't it? Jesus Christ. This, that says everything. Oh, have you seen the new series? Yeah, from 1984? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that really no, no. does sum everything up right there perfectly. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> love it i love it oh god yeah dolman no, no, you've, you've got to see the you got to see the tim thompson episode of uh 1984 twilight zone let's try that it's <laughs> oh, um because he was a stand-up comic uh yep. comic in real life wasn't he and uh yes. he's playing a stand-up comic in the episode and basically he gets trapped in hell and he has to tell uh jokes for the rest of eternity and oh, if he stops telling I jokes that one. That yeah he, i remember that and they read they that yeah. was actually the, the 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 pilot the first of the remake the the new one that's the 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 newest one the first one they put out is, the, is that story so they oh. just remade that oh no way Seriously. yeah 
Uh, yeah, with uh, for forgot the guy, the the actor's name uh, from the Long Sick. Um, uh, wasn't it called the Long Sick? Doesn't matter, guys. Not that not that big of a deal. Yeah, I I want to check that. I w- I want to revisit um that episode with Tim Thomerson, but I will say I saw him at a Fangoria convention years ago and he did a Q&A on stage and it was the funniest thing because he's doing his bit, he's doing bits the whole time. Oh, and, it's um uh, <laughs> sorry, it's from uh, the you know, the big sick uh Camila or Kama damn it. Kamel uh Nanjani. Uh you you guys know oh, him. Oh yeah, 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 that guy's yeah. great. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does the I, I believe he does the Tim Thomerson episode. Awesome. If you have never seen Dollman, it's it's trash, and you should check it out. Uh, okay, drum roll, random in your mind, drum roll. We're gonna get to the number ones, the number one straight to video release of all time, according to us. Uh, okay, David, hit us with your best shot. Right. Okay. This is a film that was actually all intended to be direct-to-video and actually transcended direct-to-video to go to the theatre. Okay. Um, it had a budget, and they saw what was being filmed, and they gave it more of a budget because it was turning out really well. Oh. Um, it's directed by Brian Trenchard-Smith uh, of Ozploitation fame, starring Amelia Kincaid, Zoe Trillin, and Christy Harris. And it's Night of the Demons 2 from 1994. Ooh, mm. nice choice. For too long, your nights have been empty. You've waited alone in the dark for the very last time. Angela is inviting you back to Hull House. Oh, Angela! To celebrate her homecoming party and raise a little hell. Night of the Demons 2. And this is why, like, I strongly believe this about that film. Um, I think that was the film that kind of changed director video. Um, and made it not look like, oh, this is just, just put it on director video, it's trash. Just throw it out, just throw it out. Um, and I think Brian Trenchard Smith bringing him in to do this film um, helped turn it into something else. Because the script itself by Joe Augustine, um, who wrote the first one, uh, is really good. It's a really funny, it's a really yeah. witty script. It's got that Heather's kind of dialogue. Yeah. Um, it takes the original idea of like kids going party at a house and there's like demons in there and it adds this whole Catholic school element where the evil escapes and comes out. Um, but Brian Trenchard Smith, because um, he was he was basically kind of a grindhouse driving movie uh, film director, and I think he brought like, the grindhouse and the driving to director video that, that that kind of energy to it with this film and. When this thing came out, it got nothing but good reviews. And you can go back and check it, like the LA Times and Variety and things like that. It, everyone loved it. Everyone said, this is a good example of what a direct-to-video film should be. Yeah. And it was like literally a year after this thing came out, um, because it was going to be, it was public. Everyone saw these reviews. Everyone noticed this thing like, oh, you can make a good direct-to-video film and put some effort into it and make it look slick and give it a good production. That, that's amazing. And a few years after that, there was like literally the next couple of years, 
that's when Universal were like, we're going to do a series of direct-to-video Darkman films, and we're going to do a series of direct-to-video yes. Tremors films. Yeah. And I really think uh. this thing was the tipping point of making direct-to-video valid in some way. Um, and, and you could give some kind of um, production value or quality to a direct-to-video film, because yep. it's definitely there with this one. And the reason, um, like I say, it got more money put into it is because if you watch the film itself, um, it gets to a point at the end where uh, Angela, the main demon, is going to kill one of the protagonists as a sacrifice, and they kill her with uh, super soakers filled with holy water, and she melts into the ground. <laughs> and that was the end, that was the ending of the film. It was just going to end there. Yeah. And then in the film, they walk to a different room, and there's this bit, it's, it's slightly clunky dialogue where they're like, where, where did this room come from? It wasn't here before. Where are we? <laughs> and they just cut this scene in where they have this huge, giant animatronic Angela snake. And this is what the producers, they saw what was being made and they saw like the first cut of it. And they were like, right, we're going to give you more money. Go back and put it into this because this is this is worth doing. This is a good film. That's awesome. And yeah. And, and, and when they and when they did that, they were so happy with it. They actually released it in theaters and it wasn't supposed to go to theaters. It was literally just a director video sequel. And I think Brian Trenchard Smith took this material. And trust me, the material is there on the page Yeah. because it is a really good script. And I think he kind of elevated it. When you see the block in him, it's not like shot, uh, reverse shot of people talking. It feels like a theatrical film. It plays like a theatrical film because he had so much experience making these things. And I think he really excelled because he did Leprechaun 3 as well. 3 and 4, didn't he? He did those two. And he kind of like upped the game on these things. Like, no, you can really do something of quality in the director video market. And I, th I, I really just think like people noticed this because it was after that that all the major studios were doing, uh, like putting into production straight to video films. So I would say that's the one for me. Like it's a real, I love the film. It's, it's a really quotable film. It's got some good lines. The soundtrack's good. The special effects are great. Um, it's great Steve Johnson effects. But this this thing kind of put director video on another level. And I think that kind of changed somewhat in the industry about, yeah, these direct-to-video horror sequels, we, we can do that. And this is why Universal and all the big boys kind of got involved. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I I remember when it came out and, it, yeah, you're right. It actually it got a, a lot of attention, a lot of attention. Yeah. And, um, and I was working at a video store at that time. And I remember having more than one copy of this one and not seeing it, not understanding why we had more than like, I remember the box art was really flashy and Fangoria uh, yeah. gave it a lot of love. So it makes sense. Um, when I, I think I probably saw it like a couple of years later at, at some point. Um, yeah, it's really, it is really good. It makes sense that this isn't your number one kind of fits within your genre of, of choice, you know? So uh, <laughs> yeah. great selection there, dude. That's yeah. a really good one. Solid good pick. One. Yeah, I've I've seen that one too. I I like that one as a as a kid, or you know, whenever I saw it as well. But you know, uh, like Zach said, it had a great cover as well, so that really really mm -hmm. jumped out. That cover art. I think yeah, something about no. the box art, you know, that's that's a piece of this uh, that we should. I we've also probably already talked about it. We've we've covered so much in this time, but uh, <laughs> the, the idea that you know the box art of these straight to video movies really drew you in. And, you know, I know like Charles Band would sell his movies based on a poster. He would go to Blockbuster and they give him, you know, one hundred thousand dollars or whatever based on a poster or in a tagline. And so, um, you know, the, if, if you got a solid cover art 
And that's going to be the thing that draws you in if you don't know the movie. So yeah. this one definitely did. It's, you know, you could put this on yeah. a t-shirt nowadays easily. Yeah, I'm sure they did yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, right. I think it's worth totally checking out if you like really good VHS art. The um, uh, it was actually the the company that released um, the video Dead. But if you just type in Reducer Video UK, yep. oh and yes. just look at some of their artwork. That that the stuff they did uh, for Reducer, the the boxes and the cover art were amazing. They're yes. absolute pieces. You can hang them. You can hang them. Put them in a frame and hang them on your wall. They're that good. They're, they're perfect. There's <laughs> actually a new book out. Uh, it came out last year. Uh, it's a coffee table book of uh, straight-to-video art. Uh, and I just it just dawned on me now. Um, I, I remember seeing it at a bookstore not that long ago. It's. I, I think if you just search, you know, video. Is it? Is book. it the dude? Does is it dude designs? Is it that guy? Is that the I, one you're thinking talking it about? Might be. I'm not positive. I'm not positive. Um. Yeah. I'll. I'll, I'll find. I'll track down the name. But yeah, it's worth hmm. worth seeking out. You know, video cover art. Nice. Nice. Um. Hey, Corey. It's 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 that time. It's yeah. Time. It's the time so, for your number one, baby. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I didn't want to say this at the top, um, but I was kind of a, a of a snob as a kid, and I didn't like straight-to-video stuff. Like, I, I just was like, oh, it's straight-to-video, it's going to suck. And maybe it's just because I had bad experiences, <clears throat> video of the dead, um, or maybe, you know, it's because, uh, you know, I, I would watch them with my dad or something, and my dad would want to watch, you know, some big-budget action movie or whatever. So maybe I just didn't have as much experience, but, I, you know, I kind of didn't lean towards straight-to-VHS movies, and I do, as I get an older, I realized the error in my ways and that there were a lot of gems uh, back then. So I, I've completely changed that. Um, but this one movie was probably the biggest, most exciting one that I was I, I was looking forward to, like an actual straight to VHS movie that I was looking forward to, like an actual release date, you know, tracking everything because of Fangoria. And we already reviewed it on the podcast. It was one of my picks. So I don't really need to dive in too much to it. But that is uh, 1993's Return of the Living Dead Part 3. They vowed to stay together forever, that their love would never die. But their pledge remain untested. Oh, come on. No problem when the boss's son, remember? Until they went looking for a thrill and stumbled on the chilling fact. Let's proceed. That even the dead can go on living. They came back to life. We gotta get out of here. And tonight, fate will put their promises <laughs> to the test. Oh my God. Now that she's dead, he's frightened to live without her. But bringing her back is terrifying. <gasps> oh, God, Kurt, that was incredible. Let's do it again. These poor dead bastards crave brains. She bit me dead. She gave you something bad. I feel so hungry. Never find you down here. What have you done? She attacks him. He becomes like her. I just get a little confused sometimes. Love never dies. I was so, and I didn't, and here's, I, truthfully, I did not want to put a movie we've already reviewed um, on this list, 
but I was so excited for this movie when it came out. And and thing it was because of Fangoria. I was so excited for it and I have nothing but fond memories. And as you know on the episode, I still love it and uh I think it's a great movie. But it was for me that one movie that really just was like, Okay, this is a straight to video movie and I'm super, super excited for it. And it's, you know, thank thankfully mostly due to Fangoria magazine. And did I now I assume it had a little bit of a of a limited release, right? Probably here and there, but um for the most part it was Trimark, so it's it's straight to video, right? I'm not wrong in this. Yeah, no, they No, I no, remember, you're not wrong. No way. Okay. I remember it was You're like I, now about it being your number one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you're wrong there. <laughs> you're wrong. I love the film. I think it's absolutely great. Weird, weirdly yeah. enough, um, uh, like I was saying before, like over here, we cut the violence out of everything. For some reason, Return of the Living Dead 3 came out and it had a huge sticker on the front of it. It was like full uncut version. And we, the only version we wow. got was the, was the uncut version. That was well, there was. And I have no idea why this thing just went by the census and they were like, oh, yeah, just put it out. But it was, and it was for, for a long time. Because wow. you, you used to get the DVDs and they were cut, but the UK VHS was completely uncut. Well, that's that's really odd. Maybe it because she's already dead. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Who knows? Who knows? Wow. Um, I, I do have to say though, like I've listened to your, you guys' uh, episode on that a few times, and uh, the the Mindy Clark scene where she licks the key card yes. to get in, uh, which we all remember very fondly. Yes. Um, actually, that that kind of would work because it is uh, it is a practical thing. Like it would make connection better if it's wet, like anything. It just makes a better connection because it's conducting whatever it needs to do. But oh. it's probably the most sexy, practical thing uh, I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> I think you just... I, I was very <laughs> impressed with that scene. I mean, Mindy, from that moment on, Mindy Clark had a new uh, fan. Um, definitely. <laughs> well, I just I just remember her so well from uh, Return to Two Moon Junction. So. Uh... <laughs> Killer tongue as well. She I was, was just, uh, I was just gonna say that, that that killer tongue should have made my fucking honorable. Li- I mean, it wasn't that great, but when she was wearing that black body, <laughs> it was great. Tight, man. <laughs> man, I like that one picture of her when that final transformation where she's got that black thing or her body's yeah. black. Man, that was that was hot. I was like, oh, mama. <laughs> there, there was some shots of that in Fangoria back in the day where it yep. was just like, okay, that, why am I feeling this way reading Fangoria? This is wrong, but it feels <laughs> so right. I just remember I really wanted a subscription to Scream Queens. Cinema, mm. Fa- Cinema Fantastique did Scream Queens magazine, and yeah. they, they would kind of, they wouldn't show any nudity, but they definitely would show, like, these are the movies that all the women you love are in. Yeah. Those are basically... Yeah, I've actually got the um the, the first issue of that. Oh, still. you do? Like uh, nice. yeah, yeah, with the, the Leanna Quigley um cover on it. Yeah. It's, um. Yeah. You you would have I think you would have really appreciated that magazine. Yeah. Um, was, I think you like probably a... would do now. I think anyone with a pulse <laughs> would appreciate that magazine. Let's just put I, it that way. I still have the one with uh, Julie Strain on the cover. Uh, I guess she's in a bathing suit coming out of the water. I don't know what That's movie it was. It. Maybe like Hard Ticket to Hawaii or something like that. Yep. <laughs> Uh, it, it doesn't times. matter what movie it was. Trust me, but the movie the movie was an afterthought. You're correct, correct. <laughs> not not to be a not to be a bring downer, but poor Julie Strain. She's uh, she's got like Parkinson's. If she's yeah. not dead yet, she will be probably soon. It's so sad. Yeah. Like, uh, man, it's such a bummer and such an odd odd relationship she had with uh, her current guy. He's like her manager, but he also is like I don't know taking care of her. Such a weird fandom about that, but. Anyways, uh, yeah, and Mindy Clark, like, and by the way, she's still beautiful. Like, 
you know, even in her oh, she's fifties. Um, she's she's perfect. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Uh, so okay, so my number one is uh, within the horror sci-fi genre, um, and this had a very small, limited release. So limited that you can't even find how much money it made. But it did have a semi-theatrical release, um, and it and it's the way I love so many of my sci-fi movies. It's seventy-six minutes long. <laughs> Short and tight, the way I like it. Um, and it is the 1984 Tim Thomerson starring Helen Hunt supporting Trancers. I'm Jack Death. I'm a trooper in the 23rd century. Jack Death, Angel City PD. May I see your stats? What did I do? Under Section 7 of the Penal Code, the Council authorized me to administer you a transfer suspect examination. You can't give me a TSE without a warrant. I got your warrant right here now. Okay, okay, okay. I don't want any trouble. Hold out your My job is hunting transfers. I got nothing to hide. Finding them. Negative. And singeing them. Look out! Of course, sometimes they find me first. <laughs> then it's a little more complicated. Location. We monitored a line disruption in Los Angeles, December 1985. And Zant, Ash, and I all had ancestors in the city then. If you think I'm bringing that scum up the line, you got the wrong trooper. Unless you stop Whistler, everything the council has accomplished for the last 40 years will count for nothing. Okay, let's say I believe this. You're a cop from the future, and you're chasing this guy, Piper. Whistler. Why doesn't he just turn you into one of these zombies? Or me? Trancing only works on squids. People with weak minds, easily controlled. Lena, I'm from another time, another world. I don't even know what you people eat for lunch. Okay, I got fried rice, egg rolls, and beef chow mein. Beef? You like from a cow? I thought it was rough in the 23rd century. I didn't know how hot it could get. It was getting hotter all the time. Jack! I guess I just attract a certain element no matter what century I'm in. Jack Death is back. And he's never even been here before. Trancers. Yep. And perfect. Trans Trancers Absolutely is... Absolutely perfect. Down to its synth score, you know, I, you know, I love me some Midnight. And at uh, one point, Tim uh, in the Midnight on Twitter said, you know, what are some good sci-fi movies to watch? And I told him transfers. He's like, I've never seen this. I go, really, dude? Because I feel like this is quite a heavily influenced your sound. Um, the the synth score for this is fantastic. It's not Charles Band, surprisingly. I was like, oh, Charles Band didn't do the score for this movie. Um, and and I have a feeling, even though it's PG thirteen, this may end up being a pad movie that we discuss. I'm cool um, with that. Uh, just because it's 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 got such a great. Um, premise you know the the idea of this guy from the future going back into the past to kind of track down this serial killer uh, named whistler and and it's got its flaws like all of our movies do but uh, it's got a great cast and it, it's it and it's tim chomerson's chewing up the scenery and i my my i didn't play D D back in the day when i was a kid but i played marvel which is essentially the D D version of marvel and you could come up with your own character uh, and I came up with mine, and I called him Jack Death. I think that's one of the coolest names on the planet. Uh, the fact that they haven't made an action figure of this character is beyond me. We have everything else made nowadays. 
Um, it's just a really all-around badass movie, and it's a Charles Band before Full Moon. It was it was right before Full Moon became a thing. Um, so technically, it's not a Full Moon movie, but uh, it spawned like two or three pretty crappy sequels. Um, the, the second one's not that bad, but yeah, Transfers is my number one. Nice, good pick, oh, buddy. I I feel like I remember seeing that movie with my dad. I think he rented it, and oh, I think I'm literally like I'm I'm follow, I'm going down the rabbit hole in my head right now. But I think that he didn't like it, and I kind of did. And I think moving forward, that's where he kind of I think Transfers was the reason my dad didn't want to watch straight to video movies anymore. And <laughs> it's weird. It's it's funny because I can still remember like sort awesome. of the whole experience, and then afterwards we never really got straight to video movies anymore. So. I feel like I feel like transfers and my dad is to blame for that, um, but uh, I don't put the blame on transfers. So I would actually like to go back and rewatch it. I know I've seen it, but I don't remember it at all. I always liked the cover. I always thought, thought the cover was really cool looking, you know. Um, yeah. But I, I always remember, I was like, oh yeah, this is the movie I rented with my dad, and he didn't like it. And you know, like that's kind of like was the only <laughs> thing I sort of remembered about it. So yeah, maybe uh, I would definitely give that one a, a, a reshot. Damn, at this point, I got like four or five movies we've talked about today that I. I need to, to give another shot. So, uh, David, what are your thoughts on Transfers? Oh, yeah, I think it's great. I really do. That was, um, it was one of those films that, um, yeah, it was, had a really, there's two covers for it here. Yes. We've got the weird cover. Have you seen the cover with like Tim Thomason and the crash helmet, which is yes, nothing I, to do with the, th- that's, yeah. that's yeah, the we, cover that I know, the one with him with the helmet on. And yeah, I always thought that yeah. was kind of cool looking. That, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It, it, but it just doesn't make any sense because there's nothing like it in the film. It's just no, like, oh, okay, it's not. Tim Thompson with a helmet on. Um, so we the other one, the other ones. one is him coming out of the door, right? Is it the other one or is it? No, uh, no. The other one we've got is he's kind of like jumping through the okay. sky. Which was like called firing Future with Cop. Two guns. Future Cop, I think, is what it was also known as uh, with that post. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, completely. That's exactly right. Um, it was the first film to have um, bullet timing as well, which everyone kind of forgets about the, um, oh, nice. the matrix yeah 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 when he, he's got he's got the um the watch hasn't he where he can yeah. slow down time and yes. then when whistler's gonna fire the gun yeah 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 and it's the first time they kind of do the matrix bullet time well the matrix is the the, the trance of bullet time um, thank you because that's where it came from <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's uh it, it completely came from there and when people I can remember when I was in film school and everyone was like, oh, yeah, bullet time, Matrix. I was like, uh, hang on one second. You just go and get trances and throw it in. And they were like, what is this? Why is this happening? This this is this is going against everything that I know in the world. It's just like, no, no, give chances, trances a try. It's a good film. I was going to say, these are all the people that say, you know, like how groundbreaking Stranger Things was. And you're like, no, 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 no. Just stop. <laughs> there's there's like three tiers to uh, 80s nostalgia. It's just totally. Like, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's Grand Theft Auto, Drive, or Stranger Things. It really <laughs> is. It's just like which 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 group do you fall into? Right. Um, but yeah, but tr- trances. Uh, did you ever see the um, Pulse Pounders? Did you ever see that? They, they, there was a thing that Charles Band was going to do. It was like an anthology film where he made mini movies. Yes. Of yes. Like mini movie sequels. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It was never released properly, but they did. He did for that. Um, Trances. They call it call it Trances 2.0, I think, or 1.5. Yes. Trances 1.5. Did you ever see that or not? I, I did. I did. It's called like Angel. Oh yeah, uh, Angel of the might, Night. I think it might be called Angel like, yeah. Of the... The Lost Angels, or something like something like that. Angels in City the, of City of Angels. Yes, of I think Angels, it's City of it? Angels. Yeah, yeah. 
see that 20 minutes yeah that 20 minutes post pounder episode you can i think trances would have been a really good tv show i think it would have been perfect yeah, yeah. I think concept. it would. I think it would have been kind of like as good as a quantum leap. Quantum leap with more of a uh, a sense of humor, you know. I think yeah, and that it, would have really worked. And I can see that where quantum leap might have taken some elements from this because you know, the, yeah, like um, you know, one of the he's he, he he people are body swapping or like going into the yeah. their past lives and you know and uh, like the one detective is a girl and she's like a young teenager, you know, McDulty or whatever and. Um, yeah, it, <laughs> no, it, he's, he's a guy in the future. He's a guy, isn't he? He's, he's, a, he's yep. like a fully grown man, and he goes back and he's a teenage girl. And the, yeah. and the girl they get to do that. She's in that sequel. She's kind of really uh, like uh, um, got into the role of it, and yep. she's walking around smoking like Jesus Christ. This body, I hate it. And it's just like this is so funny. Yeah, it's it, so good. They it's they really, really funny. That. It's really tongue in cheek yeah. humor. Yeah, Art Art Lafleur played McNulty. Uh, and, right. yeah. and it's in Thelma Hopkins from um, Good Times is in it. And uh, it's got it's got a great solid cast. And obviously Helen Hunt, who this was like Helen Hunt, you know, uh, girls just want to have fun. Helen Hunt. So she's super cute. Yeah. You know, and, the, and she's a really, I think Helen Hunt's a really good sport because she did come back. She come back for like Trances 3, didn't she, for a cameo? And she was doing like big budget stuff at the time. And Charles Band was like, please, please just come back and do one scene. And she was like, yeah, sure. And that's yeah, why she's got the one scene in Trances 3. It's really it's really always been interesting to me because if you look at a lot of Full Moon movies, they get some pr- pretty uh, decent actors in there. And like in the mm. second one, Megan Ward is in it. And, and Megan Ward yeah. actually did like three or four Full Moon films. So I have this feeling uh, that the that Charles Band is well liked by the people he works with, um, you know. And so, yeah, Trancers is like to me, Trancers is the Full Moon movie the non full moon movie that is that should be it's like puppet masters and trancers are the two movies that you should talk about as far as what make what are good full moon films yeah definitely i would agree with that so that's that's uh that's my number one and those are our top five wow i don't think we've ever done a three-way watch list (laughs) I, I can't say I have, but yeah, it's uh, that's uh, just me. But yeah, carry on. <laughs> but I will, I will say, um, you know, that and 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 for everyone listening, David uh, very well may become a returning champion uh, in in many respects because he's just he's a bro to the show, and uh, you know we love having you on, dude. Yeah, this was a I blast, bro. This was awesome. I'm and I'm glad I got to be on on this one. But I loved listening to your all's uh, top five Italian horror film ones that you guys did. So I I have do another one with you, David, anytime, man. This has been nothing but fun. Of like nothing but three hours of fun, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely agree. It's um, I think it's I, I love I just love I love listening to you guys. I love talking to you guys. It's um, it's it's it's, it's, it's my girlfriend says to me all the time. She goes, you know what? If 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 you were living in California, you'd be friends with those guys, wouldn't you? And I was like, Hell yeah, yeah. I'd definitely be friends with those guys. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, we're friends now, but in in real yeah. life, not yeah. beyond the interwebs. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Face to face. Face to face. Face to face. Friends. Yeah. First yeah. person friends. There you go. <laughs> Good one. Um, I I think it's um, I think like, it's kind of been kind of interesting doing this, like the director video. I think we've really kind of seen different sides to what we like and totally. what we watch from yep. it because it's, it's been completely all over the place isn't it well what people have picked and um 
yeah, it's been nice. I've discovered some things and rediscovered some things I'd forgotten about. Just doing same this. here. Really cool. <laughs> same yeah. here. Yeah, I think yet again uh, we uh, I, I will be going on Amazon and and deep diving into uh, several uh, <laughs> future Blu-ray purchases. So, <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh, this, this, oh this show is going to break my bank my bank account if it hasn't been broken already. Same here, same here. Um, you know what? It's still cheaper than uh, smoking cigarettes a pack a day back in the day. So you know what? And it doesn't kill you. Hey. Uh, and this is this is only for me. I, I'm I was the one that was a pack a day smoker. So I keep looking at. It. I kind of base all my financial comparisons uh, on that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm still coming up uh, better. But uh, boy, oh boy, do I have a Blu-ray addiction at this point. <laughs> <laughs> There's far worse addictions, in my opinion. That's, but, that is true. Completely true, yeah. Completely yeah, so true. if for those of you uh, listening, we what are your top five? Let us know. Let us know on the Instagrams and the, and the Facebooks if for the one or two people that actually engage with us on, on, on Facebook. Facebook. Uh, Facebook. Um, at, at some point, I just want to I just want to phase Facebook out because I I personally don't want to log into Facebook uh, anymore. You know, yeah. like I just never want to go back to Facebook. So, but I, you know, as a content producer, you got to have your your imprint there, I guess. Ugh. You got it. Yeah. You know, it's, I, it's I know funny. what you mean. Facebook's just like a real depression session at times, isn't it? it you just is. go on there, and it's just like, oh, it's like everyone's got a voice and an opinion. It's like, do I really need to hear this? You, like, yeah. can you please just keep your opinion to yourself? Mm-hmm. Instagram's the way to go. It's just pictures. Here's yeah. a picture of something I saw today. Here's a picture of something I liked. It's just so, it's just so easygoing and innocent. It's like, oh, this is nice. Oh, yeah. lovely pictures. Keep yeah, just just pe- pictures. people showing off their people showing off their Blu-ray collections yeah. and just showing like what they're watching. I'm like, yeah, I can get behind that. There's no like no politics. Just yeah, have a good totally. time. We're talking about movies here. Yeah. Who cares? You know? <laughs> God, I hate Facebook. <laughs> well, just to tie it back in, and I equally hate it as well. But just to tie it back to the uh, the show, you know, now in in in, in regards to current technology. Uh, because everything is television based now and everything is based on, you know, even sh- uh, short programming, QB or whatever, whatever that channel is. Shit, never uh, that. But the fact that there is something like that that exists and there's so many platforms now, you know, these straight to video movies that we talked about in this day and age, if all these these all of these movies would now be seen because there was such an oppor- such so many avenues to see them in. Um, back in the day, they just you know fell behind the shelf, or it was the it was the one title that never got chosen. And, and I'm hoping that um, this will open the eyes to some of our listeners to go, oh yeah, I I, I remember that. I want to check it out again. Or oh, I never heard about that one. You know, case in point with the three of us, yeah. there's at least one or two that were like, oh, <laughs> this is definitely going to be seen very soon. Yeah, I, I was going to say. I mean, I think we're a prime example of of that seeing how every single one of us was like oh yeah i think i need to go back and, and revisit that so yeah. i love i mean and that's why we we do the watch list it's 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 you know it's so we can have a nice fun conversation about the things we love but ultimately uh, at least i hope that someone out there listening goes holy shit the borrower i remember that movie you know and then goes and, and checks it out you know i i don't know i just i think that shit's cool because that's how i feel when you guys mention something or you know something i'm listening to and all of a sudden and someone mentioned something that was like, oh, fuck, I remember that movie. Yeah, that's the kind of the chills that you want. I love that. I love that, like, nostalgic, like, mind blow thing, you know? I'm like, oh, fuck. So, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Um, 
But uh, David, can you please, before before we're out of here, can you please tell us where to find uh, some of your books or, or all of your books for that matter? Yeah, plug away, please. You can, you can, yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah, yeah, you can totally find all of my books on Amazon. All you've got to do is type in David Irons um, and things start coming up with my name on it. Um, all the books are on there. Polybius is on there. Wolf Moon is on there. Night Creepers, Night Waves, um, all my horror books. If you like horror and if you like VHS straight to video horror, check out some of my books because they're totally in that same vein. So uh, I think you get a real kick out of them. Sure. Uh, I was I was talking to my my parents and yeah you know, I was telling them about you and kind of books you're writing and stuff and they're like well, what kind of books is he writing I was like well you know if the book got turned into a movie back in the 80s we would probably be reviewing it on the podcast so <laughs> and that is high praise that's really that's high safe praise. to say I think that's really do you, do you know I, I really think I'm doing something right when it comes to that because so many people send me messages uh, through Facebook and Instagram just saying oh yeah I read one of your books the other day it was like watching like a crappy old VHS tape and I'm like I'll completely <laughs> take that as a compliment because that's exactly <laughs> what it's supposed to be that's a tremendous yep. compliment yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 it's the best compliment yeah completely Corey, where can we find you in the world oh you know cartwright a seinfeld podcast and podcasting after dark you guys all know that and zach what yeah. about you buddy uh and you all know where you can find me yeah obviously podcasting after dark my my home away from home and a two dollar late fee uh my 80s retro love fest so uh, check us out, guys. Interact. Tell us your top five. Uh, none of this is about what you didn't like. So tell us what you do like and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and stick to the positivity. But uh, until the next watch list, we'll catch you on the dark side. Thank you. For listening to Podcasting After Dark's Watch List. And, as always, thank you for your support. Severed breasts.